to Out on the Tiles, a Music Rewind live stream. As you know, Music Rewind is a podcast where we look to tell the stories behind our favorite albums. I'm your host, Steve Epley, and today we are bringing you a plethora of Music Rewind personalities here to talk to you about all the things music or whatever comes up. With us today is a roundtable of previous guests and also future guests for the upcoming season three. Rather than introduce myself... I will let our let them tell our millions of viewers who they are. Luke, go ahead and start us off there. Hi, um, I'm Luke. So I always feel like uh, Troy McClure here. You know, hi, I'm Troy McClure. You may remember me from such episodes as uh, The Who, Quadrophenia, and Radiohead, <laughs> and Rainbows. I did, did a couple of the uh, oh, what what I, I'm roundtables. Was on a round table or two, um, did the last live stream, etc. So nice to be my, here. My my wife did comment how how many episodes you've been on. It's great. Yep. Yeah, I'm she here. Lectures. I'm here for you. Like you said, for the millions of viewers. Exactly. And Keith, tell us uh, who you are. Uh, my name is Keith Higgins. I am a podcaster living in New Haven, Connecticut. I host a podcast called Abandoned Albums. And uh, first-time visitor, long-time listener. Appreciate it, and uh, love your show itself. A uh, lot of albums off abandoned albums that I have. I mean, you talk about these aren't ones that you know just kind of go off the radar of, of name bands. These are ones never heard of in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really interesting ones. I like it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, they're. Um, I hear that a lot. They're like, wow, I've never heard of that band. I've never heard of that record. And uh, yeah, that's kind of why they're abandoned, I suppose, to one extent. Well, it's, it's interesting. I mean, it, uh, I remember when we did our, our rock music forum with a, we, we did a, a podcast of several different uh, music podcasts. We got together and we chatted for a couple hours. And one of the questions prior was, what's an abandoned album for you? And it really kind of threw me because my thought was, and I hadn't listened to your show in detail at that time. I have since, but I haven't, uh, at the time I was thinking like, well, it's more of a, a name named band, but an, an album that not everybody gets to, you know, maybe, you know, like in through the outdoor or yeah. Adam Hart mother from Pink Floyd, you know, albums that exist, but they're from a, a, a legend label or legend level of band. But yet, abandoned from the from the um from the fan fan set uh that's what i thought it was but then i listened to your show completely kind of not completely different but definitely i was a, a little off track but i love your show as way as it is thanks thanks yeah I, I i i think the original conceit was to have it be like these mainstream or larger name bands who had records that had been ignored by the populace or whatever but uh, it's sort of as these things do, they sort of morph into what they're supposed to be or going to be. I missed it. I missed that. What we have? What's the podcast again? 
abandoned albums. Oh, nice. Thanks. Yeah. I, I got some suggestions. Uh, I am all ears. Are we allowed to curse? Because I do curse. You can say whatever please, you want as long as you don't do. care what you as long as you don't care what you say, you can say whatever you want, as long as there's you don't worry about repercussions. Well, as as Steve said, there are millions of people watching. So that's true. I should. Uh, yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Dumb it, dumb it down. Okay. We we have no sponsors to lose, and we have <laughs> dumb no. It down. Uh, Actually, yes. I, I I purchased my drink of choice tonight from Drizzly. Nice drink, drink from Drizzly, whatever that is. Oh, you got it right. You got it right this time. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't. No, this is this is a very mainstream. Drink. No, I meant plugging the sponsor. Oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah last finally. time I kind of gave up, gave up the ghost there. So normally I would be out in my garage smoking a nice cigar from uh, Gotham Cigars. Yes, but, Gotham. Got uh, but Gotham. tonight I am actually in a different place in, in my house. The uh, new puppy is not too enthused about the garage recording studio. I, are you in works. studio? Are you in Studio B? Studio B. Yes. <laughs> I saw the dog back there. What kind of dog do you get? Uh, I've got a Sheltie and a Beagle. Okay. Oh, okay. nice. Yeah, wonderful dogs. Good. But they're they they just don't like it when I sit outside for three hours till one in the morning and then come inside and wait. And they they're puppies. They wake everybody up. Right. There you go. Oh, yeah. Hey, listeners. Anyone out there that knows me knows that if there is one thing I can have while listening to a great album, it's a fantastic cigar. These days, if I'm recording, editing, or researching for this show, you will likely find me with a fine cigar from Gotham Cigars. Gotham Cigars has a massive selection of premium cigars online, all available right now through the link in the show notes. Bundle deals, buy one get one, and weekly specials up to 40% off all help you get the best cigars at the best price. Please use the link in the show notes to help Music Rewind continue on talking great music. So Steve, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal the first question if you don't mind. I know we were talking about some earlier, but oh, we I'm have a list somewhere. It. No, we were just shooting ideas back and forth. So oh, I have I have a question as well. When we okay, no, Actually, I, I hope yeah. I hope you all do. I mean, let, let let loose, go for it. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna ask of the three of you. So let's assemble the perfect rock band. Can be from any genre. Oh, Could be from any age. You know, just. Who is going to be your lead singer? Who's going to be your lead guitarist? Who's going to be your rhythm guitarist? Who's going to be your bassist? Who's going to be your drummer? And it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to make sense because I am putting you on the spot here because this would take some time. Al, I completely agree. But if you could come up with the perfect band, you know, just, just off, off the top of your head, who's your favorite singer? Who's your favorite lead guitarist, et cetera? So that, that's my first question. And that's wow. a question that's going to like eat into our brains because we're going to overthink every single role. Understood, but again, just take, on the um, spot. On the spot. So Al's going take, first. Yeah, I'll take the Led Zeppelin rhythm section. I will add Jimi Hendrix on the lead guitar, and if I have a rhythm guitar, uh, you said rhythm guitar too, right? Um, yep. You need a lead singer and a rhythm guitarist. Maybe. Or, well, I, I mean, you, you maybe said you could go with Malcolm Young, I guess. Okay. Because um, he could, you know be a serious riff master if he feels like contributing that way. And vocally, oh, I don't know vocally. Um, I'll just say uh, Paul McCartney before he turned 50. 
All right. Because his voice went to hell after that. I can dig it. Wait, are we going dead or alive here? No, you do. You do you, man. All right. I'm going to go up. Let's hear it, Keith. All right. So lead guitarist would be Eddie Van Halen. Oh, yeah. Lead guitarist would be Izzy Stradlin. Um, oh. Bass player, I mean, um, Roger Glover. I don't think he gets yeah. enough love from Rainbow and Deep. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let's see. Drummer. Well, we'll keep it in the Van Halen family. And then yeah. we'll go way off with the singer. Uh, I'd probably go Janis Joplin. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. I'd listen to that band. Yeah. yeah. Izzy always gets dick. Izzy gets overlooked all the time. And it's like every Guns N' Roses song you like. I Izzy love Izzy's album. Sure. I, I, so I, that, I, bought, I bought his solo albums after he left the Guns. Sure. Yeah. Juju Hounds is a great record. Yeah. Would you consider the lost record? I'm sorry. Would I consider uh, the Easy Stradlin' Juju Hounds an abandoned record? Yes. Absolutely. In fact, there you go. I've been trying to get Jimmy Ashurst on the show. I had him on for Broken Homes, and now I'm trying to get him on for Izzy Stradlin as well. Nice. I'll never get Izzy. He doesn't do press. Never say never. Never say never. That seems an unlikely get. Be great get, but that would be awesome. Yeah. Is is he still uh, putting out albums? He is not. No, uh, the last he, re- he released a single, um, I think in 2015 or 16, an iTunes single. That was it. What do you think he's doing now? Do you think he plays in local bands or goes out or does anything? You know, I've thought about because I, I talked to Jimmy periodically and I thought about asking him, but I don't want to pry. I, the last who who's the Jimmy you're talking about? Jimmy Ashurst. He plays bass. He was the bassist. No. Juju Hounds and Broken Homes and Gotcha Luck Cherry and another several other bands, but um, I don't know what he does. He issued a Twitter response <laughs> when the original Guns N' Roses got back together. He issued a response over Twitter saying the reason he wasn't joining is because they weren't sharing in the pot. Hmm. It wasn't going to be an equal split, so he's like, "Fuck it, I'm not doing it." Well, and, yeah, I can understand that. I I don't know what he's doing. I really don't. I guess if you don't have to do nothing, that's a great thing. Yeah, he's a, in a fortunate position, I suppose. Residuals. Yeah. Awful. Um, Welcome. Hey. I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here and, and throw mine out there, and uh, I'm still debating on the drummer wise, but uh, from a lead singer, I got to go with with Freddie Mercury. I mean, I know that's cliche, but uh, uh, welcome Jamal. Yo, Good what's going you. on, yo? We we are discussing a. Uh, Can I change mytho- my lead singer? <laughs> of course. <laughs> we're discussing our, our ult- ultimate band, Levon putting together your ultimate band. Ooh. So so I'm going with. Uh, oh, uh, thank you, thanks, Al. Uh, okay, oh, so well, well that's my change. You can't yep. copy oh. it. <laughs> I haven't said my drummer yet, so I'm going with Levon for my drummer. I love that. Oh, okay. All right. All right, uh, so I got Freddie Mercury as my as my lead singer, Levon Helm as yeah. my drummer. I'm well, gonna uh, future steal Luke's flea as a bass player. Ah, uh, and um, for lead guitarist, though, I'm gonna go with Jim West. You may not recognize, but that is Weird Al Yankovic's lead guitarist. Uh, nice. That man wow. can play everything you can think of, from classic rock to polka 
to hip hop. <laughs> the man can play everything. He's he has several award winning uh, Hawaiian uh, style albums. The man's amazing. So Jim West. Well, let's let's dig into that award winning Hawaiian <laughs> albums. Imagine that's a huge market. Uh, I want to say one of them won a Grammy. Don't quote me on that, but I want to say one of them won a Grammy. But I mean, that's that's a very unique style. Sure. Uh, the the ukulele style. Yeah. Love it or leave it. I was there for three years. I can leave it. Uh, not a big fan myself, but when you listen to him on is that dude, is that what's that? Is he related to Leslie West? Oh, I have no idea. His lineage. The lead guitar player for Mountain. Uh, well, hell, I don't know. I just know that he, um, uh, Jim James West was. Uh, he answered. He's one of the guys that answered like an ad for Weird Al when he was coming up say hey i need a band who wants to play in my band he's had the same band for decades and that's that that in itself is phenomenal let alone the talent of the guys of all the different genres they play so there's there's my my band that i'd pay money to see it especially since freddie mercury's dead obviously so is levon helm so that's a weird band in itself let's hear luke Oh man! And then Jamal can chime in on this too. Then see, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. This, this was my question. This was your I, question. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what all right. The, what was the original? Was it? Uh, what was creating, it? How did you say it again? Say the original question. Creating a band from, uh, yeah, d- d- again, dead, alive. Um, so it could be any genre. You, it could be, it could be R and B. It could be rock. Absolutely. It could be hot, right. It could be punk. Is that yep. what? Okay. Abs- absolutely. So, uh, all right. So, I, I'm going to do the same thing. Rhythm section. I'm going with the Who. We got. I figured that one. Yep. Yeah, Whistle and Moon. Okay. So, then that leads me with lead guitar. I'm going to go John Frusciante from the Chili Peppers. Lead singer Shannon Hoon, Blind Melon. Ah. Oh uh, yeah. And so, what? What's left? Uh, rhythm guitar. Is that? Uh, okay, it- Keith. Or not, if you want yeah. to add one, Pete Townsend. I, I'm I'm basically taking the Who. Get rid of Roger. T- taking the Who and <laughs> yep. <laughs> and Shannon Who. Yep. Poor, poor Roger Daltrey. What happens to him? Hey, R- Roger's great. R- Roger's fantastic. But Pete Townsend is the greatest rhythm guitarist ever. John Entwistle is the greatest bass player ever. Keith Moon is the greatest drummer ever. My opinion, of course. So that's my band. Fair enough. Good band. Jamal. Oh, what's going on? Good evening. Good evening. Ooh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know that particular genre, but you know. I'm, no, any, I, jo- any genre. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. assemble, any, assemble your band. That's where, you throw, that's where you throw Jim West in there. He can do any genre. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's, that's tough. I'm going to go with the lead that's i'm gonna go with my girl Brittany howard i gotta go with Brittany. i, I love her voice alabama shakes yeah uh, i love her yeah. voice now she has a there's a you know it's just amazing as far as bass bootsy it's bootsy collins oh, oh, oh yeah there you go yeah um, oh, that's a good call. the man man's a legend yeah. um on the drums that's that's a bit tougher but i'm, I'm gonna go with uh I think he's, I don't even know, not saturated or whatnot, but he always just 
found a groove and, and found a whole second career, and that was that was Travis Barker. Oh yeah, the, the blink. Uh, yeah, blink one two. Yeah, yeah. And okay. um, and I'm putting Prince on lead on, on my guitar. Oh, okay. So no one's gonna fault you for uh, that yeah, one. There you go. I, you I could, you could have put Prince on any instrument. I could have put Prince on any <laughs> instrument, but Prince is playing the guitar. And then you can back up my girl Brittany. There yeah, you, you go. gotta you gotta build a band with Prince, Paul McCartney, Dave Grohl, you know, Ooh, Dave all, all those guys that, that built an album, you know, by themselves. Yes, yes, Dave, Dave. Oh man. Man, that's ah, Dave Grohl. No, nah, no, nah, still going with still going with Prince. No, that, that's a that's a solid set. Yeah. <laughs> Am I missing somebody? Is that no, no. Really? I was just I was, nice. I was picturing it. I was picturing <laughs> oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> and where the fights would come up. Oh, uh, I can guarantee Prince <laughs> Prince is gonna try yeah. to fire everybody. Prince is firing everybody. Control. Yep. Bootsy's Bootsy will probably leave. Probably do a line yeah. or two. Leave. But Bootsy's yeah. like, I don't got time for this. I got other, I got other shit to do. <laughs> yeah. Bootsy will get kicked out. Oh, Brittany. killing my vibe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Brittany will sing I'm a bad line. i do my own thing. Yep. Yep. That, that's a that's definitely a, a, a recipe right there. But And the Blake guy's like, I just want to get paid. We're still getting paid, right? I know, right? We're still getting paid. Yeah, yeah. So I can <laughs> I can continue my career. I don't know what y'all are doing. But I can, I can continue my uh, stuff. So. Luke and I had a side chat about Blink you know, uh, with, with Mike and Danny lately about uh, – uh, just the absurdity of prices and everything these days. So they got a reunion tour, and it's like fifteen hundred bucks floor seats for Blink. Fifteen, fifteen hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah, that's that's re- that is, yeah, that is yeah, insane that is. for 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 Blink one and two that had two, two albums, <laughs> <laughs> two albums I believe. Uh, no, oh, they, they've had many more than that, but yes, two two oh, solid okay. albums. Two okay. solid albums. Uh, I'm on. I'm on this the same is page. a Ticketmaster thing, though. This is a Ticketmaster thing, though, right? I mean, you, you heard is. about it? What the? Yeah, yeah. So Ticketmaster is trying to cut out scalpers, and in the process, they've become the scalpers. Exactly. Is yeah, that, that's, that's about the like. that from what I get. That is a valid way to look at it. I think. Do we know how much of that is actually kicked back to the band? I that's what that was my next question. The, you know, it's like, oh, there are all these charges built into it, but nobody really wants to talk about how much of that gets kicked back to the band, including Bl- the band. Blink-182 is fighting it. So they're taking on Pearl Jam's uh, But isn't from the, the 90s, contract so. set up at the beginning? Right. That's my question. Like, they isn't that – that's tour stuff that should have been decided wouldn't con- wouldn't a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. At the beginning of the tour, you say, "Okay, I want fifty thousand from the Peoria Civic Center or whatever." And so, like, whatever they can get for tickets, can't they just make up their money that way? But here's the deal: the band so, is guaranteed an amount. So, Al, um, I purchased tickets for Pearl Jam St. Louis in 2019, and then COVID hit. So we sat on the tickets for two years. And they finally rescheduled the tour. So here's the deal. Yeah. Um, I could either continue yeah. to, to attend that concert in a few months, or I could give it back to Ticketmaster and get my refund. So we paid 100 bucks, a little bit over with, with the uh, charges in there. But um, we could either yeah. give them the tickets back and get that money back. Which isn't bad. That was two tickets. 
Yep. No, so two, so two, two tickets for two, yeah, 200 plus. So 100, 100, let's say 110, 120 a piece. So anyway, mm, that's not um, but here's the deal. If I sold them back to Ticketmaster, they would have put them back online for, again, 1500 bucks. So the band's yeah. completely out of it at that point because the band's already got their money. Yeah. So so it is it's Ticketmaster taking, taking that. Out. I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it, but I got to believe there's something going back for the artist. I just don't think it's that cut and dry. It, it, you're right. I don't it, think Ticketmaster is pocketing, in your case that you're talking about, Luke, I don't think Ticketmaster is going to pocket $1,400. Yeah, it's insane, though. To yeah, think about it was, it was like it was it was two years ago, right before COVID, where I paid nine fifty for Elton John and it was worth it. But for but, one ticket. Yeah, one ticket. ticket. Nine fifty. Yeah, that is crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Oh, it, but it, it was worth it, and it was great. But to pay fifteen hundred for Blink, I, I, I mean, I, I, to me, there's there's a level of uh, there's a level I'm willing to pay for the artist. I have a legends list. You know, I I paid over nine hundred for Paul McCartney. We're we're about to see uh, Billy Joel here in uh, November. You know, those are my legends list. Blink's not on my legends list. They're not worth a thousand dollar ticket. I'm sorry. It's just no. not. They're they're not at that level. I don't. Now, if you comp compress them with that, what what is that? Rock Never Stops tour with with Fall Out Boy and there's like a whole bunch of others. You know, a whole day's worth of a festival nostalgia trip. All right, I could, I could maybe be coerced into that if depending on the set list. No. Depending on the set list, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get to see that beforehand. You're going in blind. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, hell no! Not blind. I got ba I got babysitters to pay for. <laughs> you know, there's there's additional costs here. <laughs> for sure, that, that's ridiculous, though. I mean, I I hope something changes there. That's that's just absurd. So, and and apparently, I don't think I've someone... ever paid more than a hundred bucks a ticket. I, I wouldn't. I mean, that's guess. how long it's been. That's how long it's been since I've been to a concert. I've ever paid was three fifty to see Elton John at Madison Square Garden, and I got swag for it. Nice. And I still don't feel that. I, I mean, it I got my money worth it. it. I a lifetime to see Elton, so it was great. Sure. But I never would have fucking paid nine hundred bucks. That's crazy. no well, fucking way. No, that's the most I've ever paid was fifteen hundred, which was Roger Waters floor seats when he did the wall and that was 100 worth it that was easily the best show i've ever seen in my life wow okay i mean that that was phenomenal and i would do it again tomorrow wow yeah it's, just, I mean, it's that interesting was... how we all value uh money for for what right it's true that's true i mean somebody's gonna buy a fifteen hundred dollar radio controlled car and somebody's gonna buy a fifteen fifteen hundred dollar concert ticket you know it's a, how do you value your money right fair enough now see mm -hmm. my my conclusion uh with this whole ticket fiasco was if people are willing to pay that then that's the new market standard that's, that's yep. what tickets are going for so I, it, I think as a consumer we need to say hey i'm not i'm not paying that but you know you know they will so whether the the audience is full of uh, schmoozy rich people or it's full of young hip you know 20 somethings that that are still in college that that are paying 20 to 50 bucks for a ticket you know that's that's a completely different story but i don't know if the, the band cares at the end of the day if they're just playing you gonna pay two grand for the next taylor swift tour <laughs> we'll, we'll see 
it's it, uh, you got to know that's got to be around the corner. I, I can only imagine what those ticket prices are going to be. <laughs> yeah, she just put out a she just put out a new single or a new album or something. It was she did, Thursday yes. I just came from yeah. a party actually, and two of the girls wanted. Oh, to come midnight! On it was called midnight. Yep, it was called she, midnight because and she, she talked she about. She released it at midnight. Released well. it at midnight. That's right. Yep. Wow. That's all I know. It was on Thursday night football. They did a little <laughs> thing. I, <laughs> two two I girls mean, at the party I just came from said that they wanted to come on Music Rewind and do an episode. And you went to a party? I did. Yes, I, I, I left early for this, for you, wow. for you guys. I appreciate wow. your priorities. Yes. Yeah, that might have been a mistake, but at least you're here. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, two two of the girls said they were going to tag team a Taylor Swift episode and. We're, we're, we're going to make it happen, right, Steve? You usually got to pay extra for that kind of action, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had me at tag team. <laughs> uh, the, uh, it's only a matter of time before someone brings Taylor Swift to the table, and, and that's going to be a, a sad day for me because I have yet to listen to a full album. I'll, I mean, it's, it's not my thing. It's not, uh, it's not something that I've – Ever saw it? Out. I know she writes her own songs. I know she we was can, country. Then she, she went pop, but does not she's a very good songwriter. I, I know that is that's apparently a a, a controversy. She does. She has songs. not written all her own songs. I know that for a fact because I have a, a a guy that I was an intern with who manages a girl who writes who sold four records to Taylor Swift. Oh, but so, that's not a, Michael Jackson but, is accused of not writing his own songs. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I don't. Ozzy, the, songwriter buy it, or he would go to a songwriter, buy it, and be like, "That's it, I get the copyright." That's it, yeah. But I didn't know that was an issue with Taylor. Things though, her one of that her she writes her own records. Is that, is that that she's she's a songwriter? She's a singer songwriter, just like Carol King. Whoa. Oh, you can uh, be you a singer songwriter, but yeah, you can't you say that you write all song. all your records. All all is a very uh, you know weird word to use. Yes, and don't quote me on any marketing that she's done. I just know that that's that's kind of one of her things is that she she writes her own songs. I can um, we can maybe tie in my question since we brought up Taylor Swift. I, it, it might be in the answer if you guys want to hear it. Well, I, I figured you would because you are one of the the biggest Taylor Swift fans that I know. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, that that information I just relayed about Midnight and the being released—that's you did have like the most my, information about her. Yeah, yeah. that's my, that's the biggest extent of what I know about her. No, wait, did she do an album called Red or something like that? Look at look at Alan with the information. <laughs> hey, yes! I, I know okay. this stuff too. I know this stuff too. So so Al, she recently re-recorded red because the record label was was wouldn't, holding yeah, it wouldn't, captive basically wouldn't give her back her masses right yep yeah. exactly so, yeah, so we recorded well, it sold them, uh, which is which oh, yeah yeah sold them the scooter the scooter yeah. brawn and though and then yeah that is yeah. a baller move though who who else has done that i'm going to re-record my entire album tlc because i want to did TLC, they really TLC did yeah. it nice. tlc recorded re-recorded all of their music I and we released think, it. i think God. toto i think toto was is toto. doing it Nice. Yeah, because they sold crazy. all their stuff off. Yep. A lot of band, a lot of bands are are doing some of that, and yeah, that is the trend these days. Um, yeah, and some of it's not all good either. No, I don't know how long that wave's gonna last. Just yep. the the idea of selling off your. I mean, if you're, I was there's a gentleman um, 
Ray Daniels, who's a uh, a music exec for um, Warner Brothers, I believe. He's an A&R for Warner Brothers. He had a podcast and he was talking about how uh, a couple of R&B, really, really prominent R&B singer or singer songwriters, Neo, um, uh, The Dream, a couple other people sold off their their portion of their masters or their publishing, sold their publishing um, to some of these yeah. conglomerates, Nile, Nile Bridges, all these other guys. Yeah. He's like, if you know, I think the dream sold 80% of his catalog for 120 million or something like that. Don't quote me on the number, but definitely nine figures. And he, he said, Well, if it's worth 120 million, just his portion right now, what do you think Warner Brothers or Sony or one of the big three is going to leverage that in five years from now? He's like, So he's like, But the, the problem is, is like, how do you? you know you you do multiples and you figure out all this all this math on how much is worth now what are they using that for and to leverage in the music in the music business moving forward which is why you know scooter braun obviously one of the guys you know bought, bought taylor swift's you know catalog her 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 back catalog what is he using for leveraging moving forward so i don't know if it's a wave because he thinks it's just he thinks it's just a trend in, in, in right now to either garner and and hold on to uh, major artists, major and minor mm-hmm. artists publishing. What's happening is it's a lot of private equity firms that are stepping right. up and buying these, buying these catalogs. Private equity is not in it for a long haul. Turn yeah. and burn. They'll turn these songs out and burn them out as long as they can. Then they'll sell it out to somebody else. That's- but how do you how do you how do you manage the, like the licensing and the sync rights and things like that? And how do you how do you determine value? You know, I'm just thinking. In, in that terms, like how do you even if, if you're paying a hundred if you're paying 180 million or something from you're getting full rights to everything. So I would so you would have to be paying uh I mean you'd get it, I would think you'd get everything. You'd be able to do whatever you wanted to do with that music. Well, wasn't Neil Young just squawking about one of his songs that he sold the rights to and was used in a Monday night football ad or an ESPN ad? Wasn't that a couple weeks ago? He was squawking about that. Like, did, well, did he? Did he sell he his catalog too? Did he sell uh, his publishing? He didn't sell all of it. He sold some of it. Okay. And they used it in an in an ad, and he's squawking about it. I'm like, well, you can't bitch about it, dude. You sold you, it. You, you, sold you, it. you relinquish the rights to your pers- your intellectual property when you sold it. You can cry it's... about it, but shut up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you got question, paid. You got the, paid. But the question at the end of the day, these large acts like, so you you say Neil Young, you say Taylor Swift. Uh, I know Pink Floyd has recently sold theirs. Bruce Springsteen recently. Bruce sold Springsteen, yeah. So do these people really need that money? They, 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 these are the biggest names in in. Music. Some do. Now, now, hold on. The, the, there is an argument. There was an article and there was a segment on on the Today Show a while ago. There is an argument to be set to be had, and I don't know it about estate planning. And that it has to do with estate planning and setting up future yeah. generations from exactly generation. grandkids, you know? right? I don't know shit about anything about that, but that's what I've heard is that these acts are selling it because there are tax benefits to setting up their estate so they can set it up for generations. That okay. makes some sense. But but so are those kids never gonna have to work? Not even just kids, grandkids no, were saying that's insanity. It just because, know. yeah. Anyway, they, I don't People think that's a good way to. Than I am, I'll tell you that. Sure. Yep. Yeah. Because you had, say, Bob Dylan recently. You've had Bruce Springsteen recently. You've had a lot of you know five hundred million plus price tags on these catalogs, and mm-hmm. 
That's crazy to me to set up your grandchildren to to never have to pay a, a bill. That that's. I mean, but when they weren't they doing that anyway? If they're receiving yeah. royalty or in perpetuity to to what their product is, yeah, depends what and, the original and, contract was. Probably the right. I mean, if they if it reverts back to them, I don't know what. I know some like, contracts is five mean, years, ten years, or whatever the statute is, depending on what it is. Bob Dylan Bob signed his contracts back in the 1800s. Who knows what they say? <laughs> Shit, right? Because it's actually 35 years. Record labels don't want you to know that, but there is a law. It's, I just did two episodes about this. Guys mentioned the same thing. After 35 years, the con the uh, copyright reverts back to the copyright holder. Labels don't want you to know that. Oh. They don't want artists to know that because all you need to do, one of the guys I interviewed, said it costs like a hundred bucks to issue it's a pain in the ass and it took him three years to get it back from the label but he eventually did get all the copyright information back from the label to his artist so it's after 35 years that's the benchmark i forget what it's a federal statute so there is no more of this labels on it in perpetuity or the 75 years it's 35 yeah. years for copyrighted information you have the option to get it back or you can just maintain it as it is. So, and labels don't want you to know that. Sure. Yeah. It's not in their well, business interest. But are, are labels really the future though? You know, if they're just holding on to, to the past there, I'm thinking of things like Bandcamp. So if I wanted to, um, I've got GarageBand on my computer. I could, I could make an album tomorrow if i if i wanted to it may, it's not gonna be good but i, I could put it up on on band yeah. Yeah. Luke's oh, album comes out tomorrow come on, let, let <laughs> october 23rd <laughs> let but us I, be I, the judge I, of that music that you make let, i guess, we'll I guess what, I, <laughs> what i'm saying is if i put it on there it may catch especially yeah the, the five of us if we all start promoting it to all of our social medias etc uh it, it may catch and i i may make Buku bucks if it, if it gets in the right channel. So are labels even necessary moving forward? I'm, I'm not saying that it's the easiest route, but I'm so. of the school of thought that they are necessary and they're marketing firms any, these days. They're not sure. labels in the sense that we might remember them, you know, where they nurture an artist and help grow an artist. It's like, fuck that. No, they're marketing arms now. And then we'll market it. <laughs> I, I I agree. They are strictly. I think they're more marketing firms. I had this conversation that that exact conversation back in 20, 2016 with the former president of, of, of Arista Records. I worked at his label, whatever. And I asked them back then because I had clients and they were like, I want to some of them were I want to get signed by a major blah, blah, blah. And others were like, this is stupid. Like, just do the indie route. But the indie route, you know, every has its pros and cons. But I asked him, I asked Hiram, I was like, why do I need you if I'm an artist? If I have my own if, if I know how to develop my own uh, uh, fan base and keep them fed and I interact with them every day, what I, I don't, no one listens to terrestrial radio anymore. I could go on internet radio. I could start an internet radio station and just bring on indie artists and do it that way. And why would I need, what do I need from a label other than the marketing, but you're not even putting those dollars in there. You want a ready-made artist. Yep. And me and him, and, yeah, they have to yeah. like the band. You have first to like to put yeah. marketing in them, exactly. And so me and him went back and forth for hours over this. And I was like, "You, that that day is dead. It's not the '80s, the '90s, or even early 2000s when LimeWire and and all these mixtape circuits, you know, uh, took off from offering exclusivity for indie artists. And by the time that they got there, because his whole beef was is that 
they wanted i can't speak to, to that genre but i'm like a lot of artists and hip-hop artists whatever they'll have you know mixtapes or previous catalogs copyrighted or whatever and a lot of labels want that back catalog before they sign them and have access to that and so i had i had clients that just that were that were like cussing out their managers or whatever because they're like i'm not giving you my back catalog for 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 a deal for signing on pennies on the dollar or whatever why why would i do that if i can like you said go to Bandcamp or be on soundcloud and i can i can interact with them directly what are you providing for me other than the access to somebody to become a market to to market it so i'm not sure labels i don't think labels are 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 the future in in any respect and like you said they're not like what they used to be as far as developing talent or or, or doing any of that artist repertoire or, or providing any, a studio yeah. studio you know, I, I don't even need to i can re- voice coach they don't exactly need to do that. or hooking none of people that. up with Ex- or like connecting musicians with the other particular you don't even you don't even need that uh record company for that anymore you can just i could do it over the cloud. email or yeah, I, I can mix a whole record over the cloud. I could I could be with my artist recording in his in his room while I'm mixing his record and before he puts it on on IG. Yeah, so, they were talking you know, about that on the new uh, Ozzy album that just released. All the different players they just MP or they just sent the MP3s, and then the musician put their music down, mm-hmm. sent it back, and then they weren't even. Um, I can't remember which particular song, but Zach Wild was playing guitar, and he said the the drummer and the bass player weren't even in the same room at that, at the time on one of those songs, I think is what he said. Cause, cause they emailed it off and then he did his thing and they emailed it back and then he did his thing like that. Yeah. It's amazing. It's a brave new world. How, however, speaking to energy though, I would prefer yeah. everybody to be in the same place. Like if yeah, just, for, just for, just for cohesiveness and, and because it's as an engineer, it makes it, for me anyway, 10 times easier if I know I had everybody there than trying to piece it together to make it sound like a cohesive but unit. Some of the know? greatest albums of classic music have, have been recorded that way. I mean, that's that's right. nothing new. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. go back to the Beatles, the Eagles, you know, many others. They were all in different rooms, all in the studio at different times, all recording their, their little bits and pieces. And then there was some engineer magician who is the true, the true guy behind the scenes that put it all together to make something magic. Now, Al, I, I think the guy who did Ozzy's album, his name's Andrew Watt. He, he Look him up. Yeah. He has I done think they, so many huge he, acts. He did the last yeah, they did, album. Or not on, Jim, not Eddie Vedder's solo album. You know, right? on XM Sirius, they do those, town, they call them town hall or meetings or something like that. And then they, Bring everybody who was in the band or whoever wants to come. It was one of those. I was listening to it in the car. I caught part of it. But. Sure. But uh, so, Jamal, I, I, I don't know. You, you, you might be able to speak better to this than I. But um, so back, you, you were talking 90s. Uh, let's talk about 90s rap. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, like No Limit. Was, yeah. Is that Master P, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so, oh no. So he's he's hiring his, his family, right? Silk the Shocker. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So, it, it, is that considered a major label, or or was he trying to keep the friends and the family? So, so are they all just like kind of sharing that that profit there? No, it was a major label. It was a it was a major independent label with a distribution deal. Understood, but but like like are they keeping the the cash flow uh, in, in the family, so to say? If he's bringing all of his friends and 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 cousins and and brothers into the situation, like like. Um, 
back to what our previous conversation where, where the, the record label comes in and, and scoops it all up. Was, oh. was he able to keep it, keep yeah. it tight? Yeah, he kept uh, he had kept 100 of his masters, but he didn't he himself didn't keep his masters. He let every artist on his label keep their masters. There you go. And he, and he only took like I think a quarter of the publishing or something like that. Okay. And if they didn't want to stay on the label, then he just let them walk with with their masters and their publishing nice. entirely. And so, I, I, Snoop went to them too, right? And and Snoop and Snoop and and Snoop has said this in a couple of interviews and I'm paraphrasing, but. That was the first time, like there's a thing, I, and I'm sure somebody might be familiar with this, like an override. It was something that I learned when I was talking to Hiram was that, you know, if if Luke, you're on my label and you fulfill all your contract, your contractual obligations and you want to go to Steve's label, I can still infer like a 10 percent override on on or points override on your next album to let you leave. There's some other weird, weird shit like that happening where you sure. still have to pay. Snoop said that 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 Master P was the first one that, that let him leave. Period. So Snoop's album called Last Meal was literally the last time that anybody took any of his, I think, it was publishing off of any any of his records. And Master P didn't didn't invoke or didn't push that on him. Sure. So he he let him keep the masters, the publishing, and all that, so he could eat off of that. And because he wasn't, he didn't get anything for all that stuff he did in, in at Death Row. So that was so once Master P put him on the game and how to do that, everything after that was in, up until and including. Snoop repurchasing Death Row was was what what Master P had had taught had taught him basically. Sure. So yeah, let him, absolutely let them keep that. Let let him keep all of that, and he just took he took his off of off the top from Universal, whoever the deal was. So yeah, absolutely, they get to keep all their stuff. See, well, that, if, that's, if that's the future that's of a label, if, if that's there is future though, for labels, that that's nineties. So that, that yeah. no, but yeah. I mean, but I mean, in for the big ones going sure. forward that's probably they're going to have to be they're going to have to offer stuff like that or else they're probably not going to exist yep. like we well, said we don't they don't really need them so well i don't i don't know if labels i can't other genres like i don't know if like uh like the deals that <laughs> rap labels were getting in the 90s and early 2000s like the the cash money 90 or 80 20 deal the the uh no limit 80 20 strictly distribution deals uh the rockefeller deal rough riders all these imprints that were in the dev jam or whatnot i mean they were getting half they were getting half and then the labels were eating all the marketing budget off of that and they were just taking their all their 10 percent or whatever off the top so like if you in 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 this genre anyway hip hop or whatever if you look at like the the Mac Millers the Wiz Khalifas the uh, uh, currencies um, uh, uh, numerous acts that are quote unquote Chance the Rapper some of these guys or whatever the indie quote unquote a lot of them they they took that and then they they per, they they used the perception of indie but then had a label backing strictly for the distribution fact so they could eat that cost. And all of that came off of the blueprint of what happened in the '90s, when 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 uh, hip hop kind of uh, uh, took over and became and hit the mainstream. You saw the way that these deals broke down, and they were like, "Oh, well, I can get 80-20, no, or uh, cash limit being a, a or cash money being a big one." Um, and cash money was and like, like, juvenile and uh, hot boys, Lil Wayne, yeah, juvenile, yep. Lil Wayne, yeah, Lil Wayne started there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. So a mystical, mystic. He... Nope, that was no limit. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, but all all those guys. So, and and then, how how many the, years did No Limit last? The the, the original Limit man that was like early. I, I remember them as like a like two to thousands. I remember that's like a two, two to three year 
flash in the pan as far as mainstream goes? Uh, nah, I'd say like, well, no, I say, I say mainstream. Uh, late, late, I say like ninety five. Yeah, no, I say like ninety four, ninety five. It's about the early two thousands, mid two thousands. Because it was like them versus the Rough Riders, and then Rough Riders kind of took them over as far as marketing, publicity, and and just overall listener enthusiasm. And I'm just and I'm from an outside point of view, but then you also had um, Puff Daddy on the outside. He he was putting stuff out too. I think that that's a different era. That uh, that's kind of it was like the end of the No Limit era or the middle end. Yeah, uh, uh, No No Limit was definitely on the decline. Cash Money was on the rise, and the reason why you know that is because the first the first down south artist on a on a Rough Riders compilation was Juvenile, and so okay. when 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 Juvenile showed up on the on the Rough Riders compilation album in the late nineties or whatever, pretty much No Limit had had kind of lost that that basically they had they, didn't, they weren't the force that they were so cash money kind of took over from that and then basically had had a very similar blueprint and took Lil Wayne wasn't even really hot like that Lil, no one knew Lil Wayne he was like 13 14 years old so it was like it was it was juvenile he was, was juvenile. in 504 was it 504 boys nah juvie wasn't in 504 no yes juvie was in 504 boys I thought Lil Wayne was too uh, I don't think Lil Wayne was. Don't quote okay. me on that. All but right. I, I'm not sure he wasn't in, in, was in 504 Boys. But um, I didn't know No Limit went that deep. All I really knew was Master P. No, Master P, Mystical, Mia X, Silk the Shocker, Kane so, and Abel, Mac. And, and uh, Silk the Shocker was, was his brother, right? Yeah, this is his brother, who's yep. absolutely trash. He's horrible. He's I heard horrible. those hey. names, but I didn't hey, know they were attached to Charge it to... Seventh, seventh grade for me, charge it to the game. That that was on my my little Walkman. Oh man, charge it yep. to the game. I had. Yep. I wish I still had. Wish my, my storage unit hadn't flooded. I had all these albums. I had all these. I think of these no CDs. limit. When I think no limit, I think the those album covers. Oh yeah, those flashy with, with, album covers with yep, like with, tank and it's yep. glittery. It's iconic, shiny. iconic, <laughs> iconic. And, and the spot, the spine had the the plastic going down the down the yep. middle. Yep, yep. Had the spine, were... yeah, because nobody was doing that. Exactly. Yep. Master P is memorable. Is, is the, I still is the remember yeah. the century. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, um, who was Three Six Mafia on? They, they were on oh, another man. label. Memphis. They were yep. on. Um, uh, I don't know what label they were. Well, Hypnotized Mind was the name of their label, but I don't know what major they they were assigned to. Gotcha. And so, I was gonna say that was that was another. Mm -hmm. it, it, Want to throw into the, to the mix oh, yeah. there? So oh yeah, yeah. I, I've I've always been intrigued by how labels operate in the business side of it because I where was do you, equated. Where do you put them in the quality of the times? Who's that? No limit oh, compared I to think... the others. The quality of their music. You talking about music quality? Yeah, uh, compared to the other hip hop that was in that late nineties era. Oh it. it... It's a loaded question because I don't yeah. see them as hey, that that yeah. high quality. Steve, oh, it was, it was top notch. 12, 12 okay. year old, twelve year old Luke thought <laughs> no limit. Would, yeah, seriously. <laughs> it, it, you 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 had you had your mainstream rap, you know, Jay Z's and the Dr. Dre's, but twelve year old Luke thought no limit was was the, the was the shit. Yep. Yeah, no. Twelve-year-old Luke what? waiting for Silk the Shocker to come to the PR. I, 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 Silk the Shocker was my favorite off that label. I, I, I love Wow, you are the only person on the face of the planet <laughs> that charge, will ever say that. <laughs> no, charge it, charge it to the charge game, to the game. Was amazing. Yeah. That, I yeah. love that album. He has some I'm, good records on that one, and yeah. I think to to your point, Steve, KLC and Beats by the Pound. If you're ever looking up, look them up. 
Okay. Right along with Manny Fresh. I mean, this this goes, you know, way deep. Like my brother is from there. My little brother's from there. So I'm I'm 42. My brother's 39. So when Bad About It came out, 94, 95, I was 15. He was 13. So when we when we learned about these guys, it, for me it was new, but for him it was people were experiencing what the New Orleans bounce sound was like. And you you've been to New Orleans many times, Steve. So you can hear if you listen to jazz, you'll hear and go back to listen to bounce music at that time. You'll hear the influence in, in everything. So what what I liked about I've those, tried. Uh, wait, wait, hold on, wait, wait, wait. I, I I've tried. I, I have tried to go backwards. I have. And and with like 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 ludicrous. Yes. How did Luna come into this conversation? Uh, or maybe I'm getting the names wrong. I'm sorry. But, um, juvenile. Uh, okay, that, okay. I, I, that's that's the name. Because uh, he did some stuff with Dirty Dozen Brass Band. Phenomenal. Yep. He yep. did some stuff with Galactic. Amazing. Uh, but but going back into the into the nineties, I don't I don't I can't connect it. I, I personally can't. I've tried. Uh, and when it goes to the quality of it, at the time. My vision of it, my view of it was from the top down. All I saw was what was being played in rural Illinois radio and or MTV, which mm-hmm. was Master P and others. Right, right. And, and, I, and Master P was garbage. I'll say it. Master P was just... He I, knew I, he was I, garbage, though. He, but he, he was garbage. <laughs> he knew I mean, he was. He wasn't but he good, was. so why would I listen to anything else under him? It was Fair the enough. way I approached it. It was like, okay, Fair that's... Enough that guy <laughs> fair enough no, rough riders thought... different story uh granted i didn't discover till later but it was still the same same uh, general area no i thought their music was was phenomenal just because it was something that i heard and heard you know i, I lived in maryland lived in california lived in colorado so they, those guys never got any play never got any burn so when they so when they hit the prime time they hit the music box or black box, whatever it was. And then Masterpiece Bada Bada got on the radio. It was over with. And then it was out of here. And um, I was just in, I was in, just enamored, enamored by what this infused into the culture because it just wasn't heard, you know. And so when you and, you know, he started out in California, you know, on the indie circuit. So when, you know, he he blew up like he did. It was crazy. And then on top of that, it was, you know, the fact that he brought, he introduced so much stuff, like, you know, the independent movies. The, Where's the, he out the of? Final. He's from, they're from New Orleans. Is he? But yeah, he's from New Orleans. But um, he opened up, you know, the record shop in, in California, in, in Northern California and stuff like that. So, but I don't know, your fascination with Rough Riders is kind of kind of creepy, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a different, it was, for me, it was just a different, it was a different vibe. It was a little different uh uh time because you know that four or five years when they were on the decline and cash money was on the incline before before Lil Wayne took off when they were still the hot boys or whatever was 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 again something to, new to defend the creepy there was only two I mean from my point yeah, of view right, in right, the late nineties yeah. in Cornfield Illinois there was literally Master P and there was DMX and Rough Riders. Pick pick one. Because that's, because that's two uh, more than there was in Utah. That's just two more than there was in Utah. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> we had to import that shit like it was <laughs> liquor. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean it was, it was it was I loved it. I love the quality of music. 
I did too. And and back to Charger to the game. So Destiny's Child was on that album. Yeah, yeah. My- mystical. Young uh, Destiny's Child. Fiend. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yes, that, that's late nineties. <laughs> yeah, so. it's a young Beyonce then. Young Beyonce oh, wow. and Latoya Luckett and them. Yeah, yeah. So wow. it, it, I don't know. I just I I felt a draw to that too because there were a lot of instruments on it. So um, right. I, that that's what I. The, the rap music that I like, they, they play their their own instruments. You know, they, they're 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 bringing that that style into it. So you're actually hearing written written music. You know, it's not like trap yeah. where it's just like like a beat in the background, which is which is fine. But I, I like when they int- introduce that that guitar and that violin and and that kind of stuff in there. So I I I, I really dug that kind of kind of rap back then. And and No Limit brought that. So I I think that's why I was drawn to it. That's why I was drawn to like West Coast, West Coast hip hop a lot because sure. a lot of a lot of it was drawn on old funk, Parliament, sure. um, Rose Royce, all these all these samples. Warren G, these guys sampled all this kind of all kinds of other stuff. So I was always in the live instrumentation and how it was sampled. I didn't even know when I listened to the Chronic, I didn't even know they had sampled Parliament Funkadelic until like I was I was yelling at my room and my mom came in and smacked me upside the head because she was like don't you know <laughs> you know this this is where they stole it from and then broke out the album of probably uh, funkadelic you know and uh, 12 year old jamal wasn't that deep into you know parliament <laughs> no i had no idea who they were then uh the song on uh, on the chronic was you know make my make my weed the chronic before i get fucked up and then i saw it was like i was i was listening to that and then he said uh i want the bomb i want the p funk I wants to get funked up, you know, and then the whole, you know, make my funk. And then the whole, that whole, that whole thing, I had no idea what it was. And so, you know, it opened up a whole, whole new thing for me. So that's, that's kind of like a song I heard the other day that I hadn't heard in years. Uh, and this goes to Alan and it goes to the, one of the things we wanted to cover earlier or later on, which was covers. But uh, I heard Black Cow from Billy Dan. And that 100% is in Jamal. I don't remember this one, but um, uh, Deja Vu from Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. Oh, yeah. Okay. That is 100% a Steely Dan song. Had no idea until right now. I was seven yeah. years old when I, I had and, no idea. And, and until I, heard I didn't it even on, know that was a on, sample. I, until I heard it on Deep Tracks, that that very that beginning, and I, it's hard to, I don't have it queued up or anything. I can't play it for you. But that is 100% a Steely Dan song. No idea. I I didn't even know. I, I I don't even know why I never put it together. But I didn't know that was a I didn't know it was a, a sample from Steely Dan. I sent that to my dad, both of them, and it, it was he had the kind of reaction of just kind of yeah, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> do do are, are are I guess I really don't know uh, other genres like rock or whatever. I guess they, they don't. Steely Dan, still or not steel, it, but like or not even sample, I guess. Really, well, um, and, and, well, from Steely Dan is more rock jazz. I mean, they, they, uh, that may be the wrong description, no, but it was, it, it's, not, it's not something you would ever think to influence '90s hip hop to that extent, to where the the entire baseline and and rhythm line. To, of the entire song, I, I should cue it up to, to play it here. Is it, it was, but one hundred percent Steely Dan. It, it just it blew my mind. That was one that I had no idea because that was a jam that I rocked out to in the nineties a lot. Man, I could don't, don't laugh at me for that one. That was no, 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 <laughs> no. I mean, sampling is 
think you know in in in, in the hip hop world is is paramount to the to the to the making of the of you know the music and done correctly i think you know and it depends on what the what you what effect you're trying to get to but i mean i can't even remember the name of the jazz artist but rizza from wu-tang sampled this man like seven times like the same like the last record on the album he sampled, he sampled seven different times over seven different records very prominent wu-tang records you know but uh uh and you just you'll never catch it all you'll never catch it all as, as far as you know what unless even if you look at credit wise you you'll never catch Wu-Tang is one I'm not yeah. I am not knowledgeable on the Wu-Tang catalog uh, I I want to I want to segue here so um speaking of well, by all means lost <laughs> lost lost albums or what are we Ooh. calling sorry so Wu-Tang they made an entire double album and they made one CD and yeah. they sold it for millions. So, so Keith, oh, okay. you, 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 you they need sold to, it to yeah. the EpiPen guy, right? Yes. So, you need yeah. to do an you need to do an episode on this. So, apparently, there's this, and it's brilliant from what I've what I've read. So, Wu Tang has this album. No one's ever heard it. The, the the only stipulation was if someone was to hear it, it had to be at a party by the person that that owned it. So, how amazing is that? So, they also put another stipulation on. In the year twenty one thirty, it could be released to the public. So everyone that currently knows Wu Tang uh, is not going to hear it because they'll be long, long that, gone. That by album then. could be absolute dog shit. No, from, from <laughs> what, from and it's going to have the mythology around it, and that is just amazing for decades. From what I've read, it is an amazing album. Apparently, they went back to their old style, and it sounds absolutely phenomenal. So. Keith. And you know what? Pink Floyd's Adam Hart Mother is phenomenal. It's great, sure, but no one's gonna go listen to it. <laughs> I have yeah. never heard of this album, Adam's Heart's Mother. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the name of a good one, though. I like it. <laughs> Pink Floyd's Adam Hart Mother is an unknown Pink Floyd album. It's in. It's it's before metal. It's okay. in their their. It's not got a cow, early. It's got a cow in, on the cover. It's in like their tween years, <laughs> if you could. Okay. Give them in their adult life where, you know, dark side, they hit their stride. It's got a great uh, solo or not solo track, but title track at Adam Hart. There it is okay. with the cow. Uh, it's that's awesome. There's a lot of experimentation on it. It's not the best. It's not terrible. It's got Alan's psychedelic breakfast, which yes, that's a great one. Al, Al has one of you got to be a Pink Floyd fan to really love it. I wow. love it. I'm not going to say that, you know, my friends who are Pink Floyd, you know, okay Fat, fans will like Fat, it. Fat Old Son is a phenomenal song. If you are a Pink Floyd fan, Fat Old Son is, is classic Is, is Seth the Controls on there? No. No? Okay. Can't remember that. Nope. But it's it's a – the actual title track, Adam Hart Mother, takes up like almost the whole side. So that's a good track. It's another long one. Jam. So but that, that's that's a sidetrack. But anyway, so, yeah, do some research on, on the the lost Wu Tang album because it, it's that, not really the, lost. It's just not heard. It, it's not it, really abandoned. It's just some douchebag. No, the feds have or the feds had it. They do. The feds heard yes. it. So, so the, the feds guy, heard it. The, the guy the guy got arrested and and now the feds have it. So yes, you're right. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, but anyway, the it. It, it it just blows my mind that they they went through the whole process of creating this beautiful album and just said yep 
Here you but go. But just Steve, we don't know it's beautiful, Luke. It could be shit. Like I said, well, the people that have heard it say that it, it is that it is amazing. That would be an interesting just, one. But these are oh. people that are friends of the multimillionaire could who's be. a dickhead. Yep. You're right. You're right. I don't. I mean, it could be wonderful because the the rappers that actually the you know the the Wu Tang or Wu Tang Clan members that rapped on it had no idea they're actually putting it on that album. Like they thought it was going on a, on like yep. an entirely different project. Exactly. Oh, really? Yeah, they had no Whose idea. Whose decision was this? Was this yeah. the band um, decision? No, I no, think no. This R- R- RZA was yeah. was a big. RZA was the was was the, was the one kind of put the put the battery in the back of the guys, but the actual producer Silver Rings was is um he's not I'm not gonna say a lesser producer I'm not gonna say that, but he's a producer for the Wu Tang and his his and it was originally his kind of concept, but he knew the guys weren't gonna go for it. Cause then they ain't gonna make any money off it. So then RZA kind of pitched it as a as an art project, and they didn't know that it, they thought it was gonna come out and it was gonna be in the in the in the museum or whatever. They didn't know it was gonna be on this type of this scenario until after it after it actually happened. So the guys didn't make money off of it. Oh, they got paid up okay. front, but okay. there's like you know there's no as far as like the auctioning price but or they, anything off of the top. But they're of that, not getting royalties. They're, they're not, not getting, getting points on this. No, nah, they're not getting points yeah. on this. No, <laughs> no. Nah, so they were a little pissed. But this yeah, is a bit of a—I mean, not a bit of a—this is a gigantic lose-lose deal for the band. I just—I I can't believe that they allowed this. Again, you got—you know—it's—it's—it's Rizzo putting the back. Keith, I think this is your wheelhouse. I—I I think you need to do an episode on this. <laughs> I need what? You know, I think you need to do an episode on this. This would be a great episode of abandoned said, albums. Absolutely, <laughs> he said no. Well, maybe I can get Rizzo on. Maybe I can get him on. I'd love to get an interview with that douchebag. I wouldn't talk about. I wouldn't talk about that. I talk about why they jacked people up on the EpiPen price. There oh, you go. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I like. Yeah, that whole thing. Him getting into a beef with Ghostface Killer. That that whole thing. Oh my gosh. Anyway, but no. I'll put it in the queue. It's an interesting story. All the way absolutely around. that I, I would listen to that in a heartbeat. It, it, it's that that's the kind of stuff that that you know, like you said, you don't necessarily have to focus on the album itself. Focus on the the backstory. Yeah, Martin so. Martin Shrek Shrek. That's his name. name. Yeah, yeah. That that fucking. He's even funny. got a douchey name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just don't miss the EpiPen guy. The yeah, EpiPen. Like bought the bought the uh, the EpiPen uh, thing. That was somebody Jack- else, wasn't it? No, this is him. Same guy. He jacked up the oh. price. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know it was the same guy. His yeah. price went from like ten cents to three hundred dollars for one inch. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But that was, no, it was, it was ridiculous jack up. It yeah. really was. Yeah. Mm. But what did he buy before the EpiPen? Wasn't it? It was. It was eight. It was. It was, it was meds, right? Before he did the EpiPen. Because I thought the original sure. was. I thought the original beef was was because he bought the the company that had made or made meds with for. I think it was HIV meds, and then Jack. Probably the, the same deal. Bought them, and they were they were cheap, and then he spiked them up. Probably the same, <laughs> same business model. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. And then, in order to make himself more beloved, he just buys a Wu Tang album and then keeps it to himself. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I mean, you could be the the savior of the people. You know, just complete beloved if you just you know release music, but no. No, I'm just gonna keep it to myself and no. I, I think it was in, I think it was in the contract. Wu Tang said no. Yeah. you can't release it until twenty one thirty. Yeah, 
They might as well just beam that shit to space. We won't be around. Really? I thought yeah, that was I, his decision. I, no, I think it was legally no, binding. It was in a contract oh, that he couldn't. That changes couldn't, things. Yeah. That's it's why it was a big deal. It's an interesting concept. Like years ago, I was walking through a gallery in New York City, and there was an artist that I liked, and you, he had a piece that was in, it was rolled up in like a cardboard box. You could have it. He would give it to you for free under the pretext that you never take it out of the box. If you take it out of the box, then you have to pay market value for it. Who sets the market value for the product? Who says it for art? I mean, right, exactly. that's, yeah. who, set, who set the market value for that Wu-Tang album? They did. Mm -hmm. They said it's worth a million bucks, right? So who knows? I mean, he's a prominent. A it's art. Is he is he a prominent artist or was he? He's a prominent artist in the art community. I don't think he's he's not like. Oh, a, he's an art artist. Yeah. Or okay. Van Gogh okay. or something like that. I mean, you know, he's well known. Sure. But it's an interesting idea. Would Would I have taken it? Yeah, but I wouldn't have had the strength to not open up to see what's inside. And I wouldn't want to pay 10000 20000 30000 I don't have it, and I wouldn't have paid it, you know? But how would you know How would you know if you would have opened it, though, after you well, took it? that's the whole thing, right? That's the whole thing of art, <laughs> right? That's but if I take... The whole sort of, um, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it could be empty. Our system, Right. It could be it could be empty and that's his art. My art my, my, my art is air and you have now witnessed it and that is now a hundred million dollars. Thank you. Yeah. His art it, could it, been about your conscience. Would you have said that you'd opened it? Would you said you didn't open it? I mean, that could have been his art project, could have been the theme or whatever. Based on what I'd seen, I'm sure there was something in there. I would venture to say there was something in there, but I mean I don't know. Who puts the dollar value on art? Who put the dollar value on the Wu-Tang album? Right? They did. I think it was like a million bucks, right? Uh, it, it was undisclosed. So it, it could have been a billion. Yeah, it was, a, it was guy, up for auction. Yeah, the guy's got... It, yeah, it's an investment for the guy that you bought it for a million because then he'll be able to turn around and sell it for five million in five years or whatever. Yeah, I think the feds did turn around and sell it to, to pay off his, <laughs> to pay off his, uh, sure. his debt. <laughs> that's crazy but anyway yeah. yep just something to think about i think that would be an awesome episode if you could get enough research in and and like you said get the right people in to interview that'd be interesting for sure maybe elon musk bought it it, it could be yeah oh it's almost just bad. <laughs> yeah or just or something to uh to, to shift a little bit, uh, we have a, a category here: your best and worst concert experience. So, uh, uh, oh. Al, Alan, why don't you, you lead us off there? What, what was your best and your worst concert experience? Um, well, I I know the the worst one. The, the worst one I actually saw Fog Hat at the um, uh, Madison Theater, which Luke knows about that. I'm sure, right? So, um, but I think the the biggest problem with that concert that night was they brought their um, mid-sized rock arena equipment, sound equipment, and the Madison only holds like 500 people at the most, maybe. <laughs> so the bass and the drums, they were just booming off the back of the theater. It was like a, it sounded so bad between the bass and the drums. It was just, it was horrible to listen to. I was, 
I won the tickets off the radio station too, so it's not like I I really paid paid for them, paid for them. So I, just, I left. That was the only concert I ever left. Um, the best one though. Um, well, it depends on that. So if I could say sound quality, actually Triumph at the Furious Civic Center in like '85. The sound was superior uh, for whatever reason that night. I mean, totally opposite of Fog At. Um, this was like, it sounded excellent. Um, but as far as you said, favorite, right? Your question was your just best and worst concert best, experience. Best. Um, I don't know. It was pretty cool going to um, Monsters of Rock in 1989 at the LA Coliseum. Or, That's cool. or or maybe Guns N' Roses, Living Color, and um, the Stones at the LA Coliseum, maybe too. Oh, wow, there um, you go. Um, but it, but that has different levels, right? Uh, what do you consider the best? I mean, it was the best because I met this most beautiful looking girl that night, or it was the best because we all got hammered and everybody had a good time. You know what I mean? It's like best is really subjective, right? Best, oh, best to, on, on October 22nd, 2022, what does your brain say was your, your best? I, I'm going with Triumph sound quality and then, um, well, oh, gosh, <laughs> you see, you've seen the picture, right? You've seen the, you've seen the concert stubs. Yes. Right? Oh, man. Damn. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. So you know what I'm saying? It's hard to choose from. So you've um, been to a handful, yeah. I've been to a couple. Those are all state <laughs> fairs, right? Yeah, and they've all Illinois State Fair. Yeah, I, I that was actually I could throw that in there. I saw um, Johnny Winter open up for George Throwgood. <laughs> oh uh, damn! What, there you go. But what made it fun was, again, I got in for free because you know the state cops do the security, and my dad knew a state cop at the time, so I got right up. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm 10, 15 foot from the band. And uh, so that was great. Um, I was 17 years old at the time. The guy, the beer vendor was selling everybody beer. So we were all drinking beer and he was trading um, money for people who were giving him weed. So <laughs> we had that going on at the same time and everybody was having a good time. And that, I mean, that, so I could put that on as one of my best concerts. There you go. All, they all, all, they all have their yeah. reason. They all have their things maybe that made them the best. Or not all of them. A lot now, of them did. Now I know why I threw it at you first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> next. Who wants up next? Go I'll go. It. Best concert. Replacements, 1987. Nice. Oh, yeah. In Ohio. Bogarts was the name of the place. They were loud. They were drunk. They were good. They weren't <laughs> shitty. They're always drunk. And they were fun. They were just fun as, fun as hell. Worst was probably here in New Haven. Steve Earle was touring. They were, he was redoing uh, oh. Copperhead Road. Oh. If you know anything, it was my favorite Steve Earle. And if you know anything about Steve Earle, he is notoriously sober, has been for years. God bless him for being sober. That night, if I didn't know any better, I would swear he was using again. I stayed for like the first half the first four or five songs of Copperhead Road, then I'm like, I'm out of here. This is just awful. Oh, really? Just, 
Yeah. Wow. It was, really, it was very disappointing. And everyone has an off night. Maybe it was. Yeah. Night, yeah. So, but it was yeah. just really disappointing. Because it's my favorite Steve Earle record. And I really wanted to hear same. it. Yeah, same here. I got it on vinyl. I found it not too long ago. So that was a great find for me. That's, yeah, that is. Just a great, great record. How about you, Jamal? Ooh, the worst was a Lauren Hill concert. <laughs> Lauren Hill was by far the worst show I've ever been to. Like was this the, late the, late 90s? Yeah. Like I don't even do concerts like that. I don't do concerts like that. But this is just after her uh she had dropped miseducation and she, I guess she was going through her go-through. But yeah. her uh was like two hours late, came oh. out, was whispering, mumbling records. She was in no, I, I, whatever her deal was, it was not, that wasn't it. It wasn't it. I was pissed because I drove, I drove from Salt Lake City to Vegas to go see her and it was horrible. So, um, but my favorite was the Outcast reunion concert at Centennial Park. That was an amazing, cool. amazing show. Every act on there brought their A game. They came out, Outcast came out and performed for three and a half hours, bro. Nice. No, non-stop. And brought a long concert. Man, it was amazing. It was the most diverse crowd I've ever seen. And uh everybody knew all the words. They they there was no backing vocals. They did all their own vocals. And they were just the energy was through the roof. And that was probably my 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 most favorite concert. And what year was their reunion tour? Oh man. 20, I think it was 20, uh, fifth, oh man, 20, no, it'd be like 2017, 2018, okay. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Outcast was a huge part of 12 year old Luke's <laughs> record collection as well. So, oh, I mean, yeah, legends, everybody and anybody in the, uh, yeah, Aquemini was, was the one for 12 oh. year old Luke. He was amazing album. Yeah, I agree. So that was one of my, I think when I did Steve's, that was one of my final three, like nice. Had, it had was. A, and equipment. I was like, it was, was right there. was right there. Yeah. My, my brothers both looked that up after your episode, Jamal. Oh yeah. 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 Phenomenal. Uh, oh, they, they, they were like me. They thought that the, uh, um, uh, Stegonia was their first one. So I didn't realize there was one before that. Yep. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So yeah, that was probably, by far my my best concert experience. Like I said, I large crowds like that kind of kind of get to me. Mm -hmm. But that was but that was one that uh I'd do it again in a heartbeat. <laughs> I'd, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. So for uh Luke, did you do yours? No, I haven't. No, I, go for I, it, Luke. I, I, I've got yeah, cut and dry both of them. So Stone Temple Pilots uh two thousand eight or nine, I can't remember. Worst concert I've ever been to. So, um, <laughs> opening band was the the local high school's marching band. Where where was this? Uh, Chicago. Uh, oh, okay. So it, it was. Um, oh, it was right on the lake. I I, I can't remember the name of the Navy venue. Pier. Yeah, it was. Navy I I believe it was. Yep. Pier? So yeah. um, anyway, high school bands the opening act. They they didn't have that on the tickets or or the the sales sheet so we came we listened to a high school band play their their <laughs> stuff and and then scott comes on lead singer scott wyland 
he must have gotten completely plowed beforehand or the night before he couldn't say so he got a megaphone and the entire concert he sang through the megaphone it oh, was he did that it was absolutely horrible he did that oh, wow. for a couple songs when i saw him too and, and that's why i was asking when it was because I, I, I saw him in bloomington okay. illinois but um, he did a couple of megaphone songs too, and I was. And, and he does. Was, he has some songs where where the megaphone w- would be an assist, you know. Does, he did it with Velvet album. Revolver too. He had yeah. a, a megaphone song. Or, but, I saw him in concert, and he did that too. So I'm he kind saying, of used it as a gimmick to to cover yeah. up his, uh, his uh, lacking of skill for the night. Yes, absolutely. So yes, yeah, so the worst That's concert. A shame. Stone Temple Pilots, one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, core. I could do an episode of Music Rewind on Core. I could do an, uh, an episode on Purple, their second album. But um, yeah, that was just a huge disappointment because I did have such respect for them. The, the DeLeo brothers are, are phenomenal. They get guitar and, and bass. Um, just, yep, it, it, it left a bad taste in my mouth. But anyway, is what it is. Um, best concert. So um, 2006. So I'm sure you guys can guess what it is uh, from Pearl hearing rant. Yeah, it was Pearl Jam. So... Um, Two night concert in Chicago. Um, my buddy and I uh, were college kids, only had enough money for for the first night, so we went. Um, drove up to Chicago, three hours. Drove back, three hours. Uh, went to class the next day. I'm not going to say which class or which teacher it was, but um, while I was sitting in class, she said, "Hey, Luke, you want to go back to Chicago tonight?" And I said, "No, I, I'm completely drained." And she said, "You're a kid. You, 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 it doesn't matter." You're you're coming back up. So we we went up. My teacher, nonetheless, my 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 college professor gave me a ticket. And when we got there, um, I picked up my buddy Jeremy. Um, We were five or six rows back in a Pearl Jam concert, which again, those are the 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 big selling ones. Best, yeah, best concert I've ever been to. Period. We were on Mike McCready's side. Um, It it was just, yeah, it just mind blowing. I, I, I it's giving me chills right now thinking of it. That, that was the, the coolest experience I've ever had. And again, from a college professor. So any, anyone it's still in college who is talking crap about their, their teachers, just, just remember, they may, uh, they may hook you up with tickets to your favorite band. So Nice. Nice. Yeah. For me, yeah. for, for me, uh, kind of ties on both sides whereas the uh uh worst concert is is easily from a experience level blink 182 <laughs> so uh i i've mentioned several times on on various episodes that bands will I, I was stationed in hawaii for three years and bands will come to hawaii and give a half-assed concert just enough to pay for their like vacation and then they go back to their world tour. It's sad, but you know, it gives the, the locals and the souls, the soldiers, you know, a show to see. I saw many bad shows there. Metallica sucked. Tool sucked. Just so many great bands just put on half-ass shows. That's really what they do, but none so much <laughs> as blink 182, <laughs> man, man, it was bad. Um, the uh 
I thought your headphones were dying, Steve. No, you were you, you like this, and I was like, "Wow!" I it's thought like we they're... exceeded our time limit. They're plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Uh, so uh, Blink came out there, and they did a uh, an all day, like afternoon ish festival. Uh, they had several opening acts, which were local bands. The thing is, though, it was out in the Hawaiian sun all day. There was no shade. Everyone was just getting beat down with the sun. Uh, water was like five bucks a bottle. And this would have been in like 2000. No one could afford it. <laughs> we, we have all paid too many for blink tickets at the time, <laughs> as we've talked about. Uh, Less Than Jake came on right before them, and Less Than Jake was great. They they tried their best, and they, they put on a great show. Blink, by that point, we had already been there for like four hours. Oh, wow. And we were just beat down. Everyone's tired. Everyone's exhausted, sweating, no water. Uh, like, screw beer. No one, no one even just cared. People that were drinking beer were already passed out from uh, heat stroke. And uh, Blink comes out. Uh, replacement drummer right off the bat. So, so Travis wasn't there. And then they, they really just, it, it was the first concert I've seen that they weren't trying. They were just out there going through the motions and didn't care. And we, despite the fact that we had stayed there for hours to get to them, we left a quarter of the way through. We're like, fuck this. This is, this is dumb. Mm. There is no point for us staying. So that was a very bad concert experience. From a an artist perspective, I have to I, I gotta throw it out Kanye. Bonnaroo 2008. My brother Tony and I. We were there at uh so Kanye was was scheduled to be on the main stage of Bonnaroo at uh I believe 12 30 or one o'clock a.m. Pearl Jam ran long <laughs> on the main stage. So Kanye got Pushed back a little bit. He was not happy about this. Uh, Kanye Kanye threw a fit, and they said, "Okay, well, since Pearl Jam is playing for like four hours, <laughs> and they're not like leaving anytime soon because they're Pearl Jam, would you like to play on the second stage?" And he's like, "No, I'm Kanye. I don't do that." So okay, well, we'll just have to wait and see when Pearl Jam ends. And then they and we waited. Um, after Pearl Jam ended. Uh, my brother and I, we got some, we like crashed for an hour and then went back at two because at two 30, he was supposed to start up on the main stage. And this is Kanye's 2008 special glow in the dark tour. Mm. Three o'clock rolls around three 30, four o'clock, four 30. People are pissed off. We're just waiting for, for Kanye. And, uh, where people are throwing uh, chem lights at the stage, people are getting rowdy. I, mean, I don't know. It was just everything was going wrong. Absolutely everything. And uh, he finally came on stage about four forty-five, and uh, just like Blink, kind of gave a half-ass show. Did like four or five of his hits, and within the first four songs for his glow-in-the-dark set, the sun was coming up. Mm. <laughs> he waited so long the damn sun was coming up it, it was just an absolute disaster everyone was tired everyone was exhausted it was uh with bonnaroo one of the great things is that everybody uh, they uh they encourage your art 
across all the walls everywhere. So you get a lot of spray painted murals, a lot of a lot of indie art. Uh, the next morning, after crashing for a couple hours, we're up at like seven, eight o'clock before the next band starts, and all we see is Kanye is a gay fish. Uh, uh, fuck Kanye everywhere across all the graffiti is is, is everywhere. Yeah. So it was it was very funny, and as far as I'm concerned, well deserved because he put on a horrible show. I'm told he did come back several years later to Bonnaroo and put on a good show. So mm. credit to him. I, but that particular night was bad. It was very bad. Um, for best concert experience, I'm going to go with two as well. One being the previously mentioned Roger Waters, because, I mean, it was the wall. And it was the wall to Roger Waters' vision. He had the money, he had the time, and he had the venue. And damn it, he did it. It was beautiful. Built the entire wall. He had a great band with like G.E. Smith and other guys playing behind him. Oh, man, it was phenomenal. Uh, I spent a ton of money on those tickets because I was also wooing my current wife, you know, Michelle. <laughs> God bless her. She, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if she was into it, but she went to it and she faked it enough that, you know, hey, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, man, it felt like we could touch the pig. We were, we we're floor seats. It was, it was just absolutely amazing. Uh, so I don't know if he's ever going to do that show again, but if he does, I recommend going seeing it. Who, who, who did lead? Who, who, who attempted the, the Gilmore guitar tone? Oh, I don't know the names, but there was like three guys. Okay. There was three guys that had lead guitar. Okay. So GE Smith plus two others. Gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, you, you really can't put one guy. Understood. <laughs> on, on David, it, it, it took three to replace David, I, and I, I'm completely okay with that. But he had a pretty fantastic backup band. Um, and then this is kind of a low key one, but uh, Warrant. I've seen Warrant three times, and I know the lead singers passed away recently, or semi recently. Mm -hmm. But some of the most fun shows I've ever seen have been Warrant. Uh, saw him uh, in Hawaii at a place called Gussie Lamores, which is the strip club just off the Honolulu airport. Just trust me on that. <laughs> if you're ever in Honolulu, go to Gussie's. You know they have you know, they have oil wrestling on Wednesday nights, <laughs> so I'm told. And this particular Wednesday night, we were there for the oil wrestling. <laughs> They wheeled away the uh, the pits, and uh, lo and behold, uh, they set up a stage real quick, and Warrant comes out, and those bastards put on a hell of a show. They, it was it was literally a hole in the wall bar, and they played all their hits from the eighties. Um, uh, made some jokes when they had to play Heaven and um, I Saw Red. They're like. Our, our, our record company says we have to say these or sing these songs. So they sang like four <laughs> lines from each song. And they're like, all right, checkbox. Then they moved on. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll give credit there. Uh, but then as an encore, they covered uh, Lit, which was weird, but okay. Uh, but then uh, they covered War Pigs, which is one of the best covers of War Pigs I've ever heard was by Warren. It, very interesting. It really was. Um, so is Lit my own worst enemy? Yes, that that's the what they say. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. which was I dig it. It was, it was an awkward moment in sure. the. It, it was a low part, kind of like a, okay. They just put on a great show. 
you know, singing Uncle Tom's Cabin and all the kinds of crazy 80s hits, and then My Own Worst Enemy. All right, sure. Uh, but then I saw him again about two years later at the Rock Never Stops tour in uh, Ottawa, Illinois. And that they were there with uh, White Snake and uh, uh, several others, Bad English, some other guys. But they, cut to me, stole the show. They just did a great festival set of all their hits, and they rocked. I mean, I, I got to give credit to Warrant. Great show. Can I, can I share with you my Warrant story? Absolutely. It was in Danbury. I lived in Danbury, Connecticut. I worked in a restaurant in Danbury, Connecticut. And I'm in the back. It's between lunch and dinner. And the owner's daughter comes back. She's like, I think the lead singer from Warrant is out there. And I'm like, why the fuck would he be in this shitty Italian restaurant in Danbury, Connecticut? And it was right off 84, if you know the East Coast at all. 84 is a, an artery through. Anyway, it doesn't matter. What had happened was I went up there. I'm like, hey, you're the lead singer from Warren. He goes, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he goes, funny story. <laughs> <laughs> it was right off the highway. And apparently the tour bus got off to get gas. He got off the tour bus to go to the bathroom. The driver didn't know that he got off the bus. So the driver <laughs> came back in and took off without him. And he comes out from the restroom. The tour bus is gone. <laughs> And he had to walk down, you know, like a half a mile. There's holiday inns and shit. So he just got a, a hotel room. And so he tells that story. I'm like, God, that sucks. And he goes, yeah. He looks at me and goes, guess who's out of a job tonight? I literally irritated that he was in Danbury getting Italian food takeout. From it, but he was he was nice enough. It was That's like literally a scene, though, in uh, Almost Famous. <laughs> Where they leave the lead singer behind. He's like, I'm only the lead singer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a shame I heard when he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. They in that book, there there's a book, was it um the oral history on the Sunset Strip. They actually, to your point, Steve, they do get a lot of respect and a lot of credit in that book for being a really good live band. Do they? Yeah, you know, they and along with Poison, I think we talked about Poison before. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, they, they, they get some respect for being a hardworking, good live man. Who's a horrible yeah. live man? Sorry, I mean to cut you off. But I, no, other, than, you know, other than Blink? Other uh, than Blink, who's who's horrible, horrible live band? Um, good studio band, good studio band, but horrible live band. I don't know this from personal experience, but on one of my coworkers, she went and saw... Hollow notes, I think it was about don't you, know, you maybe, dare, don't you yeah, dare maybe it was like <laughs> 10 years ago. And she said it was the worst, they could not sing at all. You're lucky your family, you know that? <laughs> that is hilarious. Yeah, I'm just reading dog hollow notes on my show. Steve, Steve sat up in his chair. <laughs> Steve sat up in his chair and said, Don't you do it. <laughs> I've Going watched every your, episode of Daryl's House, and they're awesome. They are awesome, but for whatever night, <laughs> or whatever reason, she said it was horrible. Um, probably, you know, going they back can't stand your, each other. <laughs> going back to your warrant story, um, another band that I would put in there for me personally is Cinderella. Cinderella was one of my favorite all-time bands, but one of the reasons is it was 1998, and it was December. Peoria, Illinois, they're playing at this shithole bar 
across the street from the Peoria Civic Center. <laughs> no, literally. It was called the infirmary. I don't know. Luke, do you remember? Do you remember Luke? Or it was, it was right across the street. That's great. But, but anyway, 1998, December, it had snowed like six or eight inches that day. Nobody, nobody was at the show. There was, if there was 40 people there, I might be exaggerating. I sat with a buddy of mine who, who we braved the snow because they hadn't plowed yet or anything. And um, I sat probably 10 feet from the stage. We sat there drinking in my bar stool. They put on the best show. It was, it was exactly like I had seen them at the Civic Center, you know, 10 years earlier. And they just came out and they killed it. And there's literally 30 people there or whatever. So, and they had my ultimate respect after that. So, now, can we, can wait, 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 let me, wait, let me, let me sidetrack there. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing as far as the, so Warrant, Cinderella, that, that era. When I went and saw that Rock Never Stops tour, Warrant followed LA Guns. So, yeah, we didn't really care about LA Guns. They're, they're there. Uh, but we knew that Warrant was after them. So we, we went and got our, got, some good positions there, me and my buddy, uh, right until the end of their set. LA Guns finished, roadies come out, start changing things. The warrant backdrop goes up, We've got the barbed wire and stuff, sure. Uh, and then this heavy set roadie comes out and starts playing guitar and standing in front of the microphone and just, just kind of vocalizing and doing some, some stuff. And then he starts singing, and I'm like, I don't, uh, okay. Good on you, Mr. Rody. Rock on. <laughs> no one really knows what's going on. It's Jamie Lane. And, and then he starts singing, She's only 17. Oh, Kip Winger. Oh. And then, then when he's done, he's like, Hey, I'm Kip Winger. And the crowd erupts in laughter. It was the most embarrassing. I, I, I was embarrassed for him. I feel bad for the dude. I mean, it was humiliating. Everyone. And I mean, I'm not talking like thousands of people, yeah, maybe a hundred, 200 people. It's, it's Ottawa, Illinois. It wasn't like Madison Square Garden, but still it, the, the fact that there was a warrant backdrop up and it was still in the middle of the, the, uh, the instrumental change as far as they're changing out the drum set, they're changing out everything else. And then he didn't look like any other thing other than a roadie. I mean, everyone thought he was just, a roadie. It was it was it was so embarrassing. I felt bad for the dude. All you could do is slow clap for him. Yeah. God. Can we, include, can we include aged folks? As so, in Bob Dylan. <laughs> oh my Bob Dylan concert. <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan is horrible live. Um but hey, 40 years ago, maybe not. Yeah, I mean, um, you watch the last waltz, and it's a great, great couple of yeah. songs. I mean, that's 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 most of what I know of him live in the olden days. I, I couldn't tell you another one, but I mean, I did see him live in Atlanta, and it was not good. I mean, and and Paul McCartney, love love the Beatles to death. Modern Paul McCartney puts on an amazing show. He he's got the energy, yes, but because <laughs> he has the voice, voice. Yeah. of an eighty year old man. <sighs> 
voice he has the voice of of yes himself warbling thing going on when you hear him in concert he, he relies heavily on his band and i can't fault him for that you know good backup singers and whatnot but at least he has the energy to run up and down the stage and sing the crowd favorites bob dylan didn't give a rat's ass sure but still the, those are two that come to mind but i don't know if it counts because they, they've been around for forever yeah and they're like they're like 80 yep yeah so but if you're gonna if you're if you're 80 and you're still playing the crowds looking to see you as far as i'm concerned play to me play what the crowd wants to hear <laughs> sprinkle some new stuff in if you want but play what the crowd wants to hear sure because when i saw I bob can... dylan i saw hundreds of people like this <laughs> yeah. I mean that wow. that's all they were doing. The entire, the entire show. portfolios. Whereas pa- Paul McCartney, uh down there at uh Phillips Arena, uh whatever it's called now, I can't remember. <laughs> but uh downtown Atlanta, everyone was rocking. Uh Garth Brooks. I saw Garth Brooks at Mercedes Benz Stadium a couple years ago on its op- its first concert ever, the brand new uh football stadium downtown Atlanta. Uh, Garth Brooks, obviously a legend in, 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 in itself, but <sighs> bless him. He put on a bad show, but he didn't put on a bad show. Mercedes Benz put on a bad show. Mm-hmm. Garth was awesome. Uh-huh. They had the roof closed and Garth is loud. They did not know how to properly sound Garth Brooks. It was bad. I mean, every single echo you can imagine uh, when you when he says in the thunder rolls, you're hearing thunder rolls like eight different times from eight different echoes. It was that bad. That's the sound. That's the sound. It is. It is. You're absolutely right. It was the very first concert in a brand new stadium. And I'm told that they have worked out sound issues since then. But it's just a shame. And the fact that they had the because it's a retractable roof, they had the retractable roof closed that added a whole yeah. other level of, of echo. And it was just just that bad. And it's a shame because we were we were lower. I'll admit it. We got tickets from uh, a season ticket holder. So we were we were only like two echoes up rather than eight echoes up. but we still got some of the echo and when he would sing we could see his mouth moving well before the the sound hit but it's just a shame because he's he's a legendary singer and performer is the only time i've ever seen him but this the venue itself fucked it up i can um i can tell you my question uh, since we're talking about touring if you want to hear that so I'm not basically my question boils down to who's going to be filling these uh, concert arenas in 10 years. And and the reason I'm asking is because the stones are going to finally be off the road. You uh, sure about that? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Elton John. I mean, like these guys are going to be off the road. What band is going to be the nostalgia band or, or, good enough or big enough to bring people to see them pearl jam comes to mind absolutely yeah they're but, chili peppers maybe but yep, then again absolutely chili pe- dude they put out two double albums this year 
In one year, two double That's albums. Perfect. Red Hot Chili Peppers put out two double albums? Yes, in one year. I shouldn't even say one year, six months. Wow. It's insane. Check those out. Are yeah. they any good? They dope? I, I thought the first album was great, so uh, second album just came out last week. I pre-ordered okay. it, and it's uh-huh. still not here, so I haven't really gotten a chance to to listen to it all the way through. I've, I've, I've listened to the clips online, but I, I'm kind of one of those purists. I want to put the put the record on the... Yeah, so those are those are two. Um, does, does, no, but I'm with no, you. I'm with you. I, I don't know who's going to fill them. I'm thinking you too. Does Green Day still perform? Are they together? Or not? I believe oh, so. Yeah. Uh, oh, Foo Fighters. Way. Foo Fighters for sure. I, I mean, I know Taylor just died, but I I, I think okay. it, it, I, Dave's got it in his soul. You know, he he's he's going to play until he dies. So I, I I think Foo Fighters would be one. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age are still kicking. They. they not many people know they've been around since the early nineties, yeah, you know. Yeah. Out al- yeah, they put out albums so infrequently. Yeah, but they but they're, they've got an, they've got another one in the cat in the can. They, but are they a big yeah. enough draw? I I, they, I play arenas on their own. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Queens of the Stone Age are for sure. So, what's the criteria to fill these arenas? In your opinion, is it just catalog frequency, just like cohesiveness? Well, like, what is? Well, if you think of no, I, I'm just. I'm just wondering in general, like who's gonna carry it forward? Uh, who's big enough to fill midsize to the huge arenas? You know, like the the big outdoor stuff. Well, Blink One Eighty Two. We were just talking about they're selling oh. tickets for fifteen hundred bucks. <laughs> Seriously, that that's if those tickets are selling. Yeah, I mean, that's what it will be in 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 10 years i think i think what what al's looking for though is the the guys in their 20s that are set to be who who can be the next generation and uh i don't particularly know that because i mean because arena is a key word there i mean you think arena rock or arena filling i mean you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, is the levels well, of, of Queen or Springsteen or others, guys that filled arenas and changed the game. You know, Van Halen. Is there a well, current let's just say 80s and 90s? Who's left from 80s and 90s even who could do that? Like Pearl Tom Jam- Petty, he's dead. Pearl Jam and Foo Fighters are selling out not only arenas, but, Chris but baseball, baseball stadiums. And and that's not just the seats of the baseball stadium; that's the field. Well, yeah, Pearl Jam, I can yeah, see yeah. that. Per, yep. Pearl Jam is yeah. up there. Pearl Jam has that Grateful Dead style following, and they're going to go I on for like another ten not, to twenty I feel like years. They're not going to tour Pearl. I I don't know if um, anyone on this current. I don't think they're going to feel it. I don't on this live stream. Pearl Jam's going to. I really don't. They they might break up. They might. But I don't know if anyone on this live stream is is uh, capable of speaking of this. Uh, Keith, I don't know you well. Jamal, I don't know you well. No, I but, don't think they'll, um, I don't think they'll ever break up. I think Eddie's just sick of it. Yeah, I be. I think they will go the round of of side projects and then they'll come back and do some more tours. Which because they're because they're smart enough to do that. Mm-hmm. They've been around the game long enough to know that. It sounds like they've got another album in the can. Yeah, with Andrew yeah. Watt. Well, it, it, but, Andrew Watt also, is killing it, man. And his albums, and it, they see, I'm I'm sidetracking here, so I apologize. But Andrew Watt, uh, if you listen to his albums on a hi-fi system, they sound like garbage. He he is not a great um, producer, in my opinion. But 
he can get people in there and record quick and record uh, radio friendly type type songs. So um, and and that leads back to you should look at look up Andrew Watt. See see all the huge acts that he's done in the last few years. It's amazing. But anyway, yeah. Well. Where were you going before? Prior to that, Luke, you were going with you. Don't know who anyone can speak to this on the live stream. Country, country music. Uh, there are a lot of country acts that are filling baseball stadiums as well. Yeah, that's um, true. I don't listen to country. I, I, I it's it's not my my cup of tea. But um, there are a lot of nostalgia acts there for sure. And the new acts are actually selling. Yep. Oh. Yep. Yeah. So Garth, uh, Garth Brooks filled Benz. I mean. Do, do you think he'll be kicking in his 80s like Bob Dylan and Paul McCartney? I don't think he'll be doing the uh, the, the Paul McCartney style, you know, sprinting up and down the stage style thing. I think he might be more intimate as far sure. as let me let me scale it back and give you some acoustic versions with without the band of, uh, of my classic hits sort of thing, which I will still pay money to see because I, I do enjoy Garth Brooks. But uh, I... I like like you said, I, I I don't have the in depth knowledge of new country to sure. comment on that. I I just don't. Neither, neither do I, but I know there are, there are a lot of people selling out huge arenas I, and and ballparks. I will throw out some names though, uh, namely uh, Kings of Leon and Black Keys. I think that both have the ability to do arena style tours and fill them out. Uh, if they have the newer albums to back it up and, but I don't think oh, Kings, Kings of Leon, I think will, I think they, they will try at least, uh, you know, but I don't think they'll have those some longstanding decades. Black Keys, I think will shy away from that because that's not their thing. They, they prefer the festival circuit or the, the smaller, um, they don't smaller have event. They, they do. The well, no, that's, that's the thing. That is one of the loudest bands I've ever heard in my life. Just two dudes. Uh, it's amazing. It's sure. like the White Stripes. How can you get so yeah. much sound out of two people? It's 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 phenomenal. They sure. can do it. It's just whether or not they choose to do it. I mean, Simon and Garfunkel sold out arenas. Come on. I mean, but, but sound, they, they weren't you know, they weren't a rock band. They, they you know that the, their instruments were their vocals. So if, if you're mm -hmm. playing blues music, yes, the Black Keys can fill speakers with with raunchy guitar and and smashing drums. But I, I guess if you're I, going I with people. just popularity, then your answer is Taylor Swift. We're going back to Tay Tay. There you go. Yes, that's a perfect <laughs> answer. I'm Seriously, the conversation by putting this question out. That there. is huge. Are the, there any are there any younger artists that have a desire to build a career like Pearl Jam did? Or are they just in it to get a quick hit, get money, and get out? There you yeah. go. That's you know, a good question. A, yep. it? There's a, it's a great question. That's, that's, that's an excellent way to put it. Band. One of those North Carolina rock yeah. bands got back together. They haven't gotten, I forget which one it was. Archers of Loaf got back together. We were just talking about them the other day. And a friend of mine were talking. And I'm like, well, I guess somebody's got a college tuition bill, too. It's the only reason they got back together. There you go. Yeah. Because <laughs> going to college, it's about that time. They had a kid, probably around that age. Oh, we, we can make. X number of hundreds of thousand dollars. And See, in, so in my, my, my larger question is, are there artists that have the desire to put, to build a career? I don't know. You, I don't you, have the you, answer. I don't either, but I think you're, you're on point there. You're hitting sure. on, yeah. You're hitting on a great point there with, is it, is it about the art and the ability to make that long career and be a legend? 
or just to make the money and get out? That's my logical brain. If if I had the talent, I would make one album and sell millions and then say, peace out. I'm, I'm going to live in the woods in a cabin. <laughs> but most people will go out and buy a mansion and and spend exuberant amounts of money. And they need to continue doing that that touring. Basically, but, basically do it wrong. Yeah. So, yes. so then they have to go out. And, <laughs> yes, that, that's when they're coming back. And doing the, the, the two lives doing. of the one hit wonder. Yes. Right, right. So yep, I, I I Keith, that was an awesome point. You you are correct, but I I think some people do have the passion, and I think Steve, as you mentioned, Taylor Swift is one of those. I I think she's gonna keep it keep it going. So yeah, we, again, I don't think the five of us are are really going to be able to speak to this as well because we probably don't have the 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 knowledge on on the country music or the the super pop. Uh, speaking of pop, uh, who are the the boy bands? that are coming out these days. Um, Do they even BTS? Yes. I I don't know. Do they have the passion or are they in it for the money? Who who knows? You know, after they get done with their military. Wait, like, are they from America or is that the K-pop thing? It's K-pop. South Korea. So so that's the K-pop band that's being conscripted into the military over there. Then I heard, I saw that headline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but they were, so they're breaking up for military service. Damn right. (laughs) <laughs> they'll be back a little two years they're, they're, no oh they're gonna milk that like elvis did oh, oh yeah. yeah even elvis did service yeah yeah yep. milk it for all it's worth speaking of elvis in his later career uh didn't are you trying to sell the scarf again no no, no. hey all right <laughs> what? danny danny and mike oh jamal needs jamal hasn't seen or keith hasn't seen the scarf. danny and mike Dude, get the scarf. Danny and Mike convince me to keep it. Go get the scarf. Danny and Mike convince me to keep it. Refer to our our, live stream for the scarf. Go get it. Go get it. Go show them. Do I need to I need to wash my hands? I'm 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 sticky with with white claw. White claw. Everybody needs to be in on the joke. It doesn't matter what he buys when he bought it from Drizzly. Yes, drizzly.com, people, if that is their website. Drizzly. Is that really an Elvis scarf? I, I'm, I'm, I know. I need to see this. <laughs> Apparently, this is the scarf is sounding iconic oh right now. <laughs> so, so Luke has a scarf, which uh, he'll tell the story. Yeah. But his his aunt was in the con in at You're the concert uh, for Elvis in He's Champaign, Illinois. He threw the scarf, and she's got it. And he's and it's actually got like some of his makeup on it. Wow, I gotta see now. I gotta see it. Oh, Julian's is is joining us too. Too. There it is. Oh, and it's signed. I forgot that it was signed. That's right. I told the story for you, Luke, so you don't have to tell it again. Thank you. (laughs) I I feel I feel like I shouldn't get this out. So, show us the makeup. So, so Julian's, if if you would like an Elvis scarf signed by the king himself, Luke has that available. <laughs> Come again, sorry. Can would you, you like to there? buy a scarf so, signed by Elvis? Oh, right. oh great! That's awesome. That's awesome. Right? <laughs> oh, very nice. Yeah. Good Welcome evening. to the show, uh, Julian's. Uh, it's what uh, I don't know. Four a.m. over there. Uh, yeah, it's twenty past four now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good morning, oh. sir. Why are you here? Yeah. <laughs> We're no, not no, that yeah. important. 
No, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, thanks for thanks for uh, showing up, man. And uh, uh, you guys will know Julian's from his uh, Neil Young Live Rust episode, like our number two episode. Sorry, Luke, it's beating out Quadrophenia. <laughs> and also his uh, um, amazing uh, singles that are out right now. You got uh, Alcohol and Cold Eyes, Yellow Eyes, sorry. Um, <laughs> late for us, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. It's all right. So what were we talking about here, gents? Um Selling, selling out arenas. Who, who, yeah, like oh, I see, coming up to sell. Who's the, who's the next up and coming act to start selling out arenas worldwide? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we've given a couple thoughts there. Uh, yeah, Julius, we're, but, we're thinking you know. later on in life too. Like, like twenty years from yeah. now, who, who that is currently topping the charts is going to stick around for that that length of time. You've got your Foo Fighters, yeah. you've got your Taylor Swifts, but who else do you have? Um, well, you've got big acts like uh, if uh, Adele, maybe doing quite well. Uh-huh. Julie, but yeah, yo, know, that that's that's valid. Yeah, those are two good ones for sure. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I forgot about Adele. Uh, she's well, only got like two albums, right? No, she's got. Three or four. Three, four, four of them, I think. Oh, four yeah, now? Yeah, four. Yeah. yeah okay. 19, 21, and whatever. 28. 25 and 29. <laughs> <I think. laughs> is she? Adele, 98. Is, is, she, is she British? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. She's yeah. British? Okay. Wasn't sure. It's cheering. I could see that, too. Yeah, definitely. We we were just we th- before you joined too. We were talking about who has the passion to do it. You know, um, there are a lot of current artists that that could potentially do it, but who do you think has the the fire in their belly to to continue out like like the Paul McCartney's and the Bob Dylans? That, def- that... Def- definitely at Sheeran. Definitely. All right, I, I I could see that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I've I've seen him at the because I because I work at a football stadium here and he's played a couple of times over the years, and the passion that guy has when he plays live is it's unbelievable. I mean, he's on the stage on his own basically most of the night, and it, it's just awesome. He's got he's got you know his guitar and this loop machine that he's got, and he's whacking away at it and go on and for two hours straight and yeah, it's, it's unrivaled. I think at the moment. Does does he play that? Uh, he's got a like a mini Martin, doesn't he? D- 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 a Martin guitar, so, like he, from, yeah. from what I've read, he's he's just got a miniature version that he sits up there and plays too, which is oh, yeah, yeah. which is fantastic. So, all right, I can see Ed Sheeran as well. Yeah. So, oh, so um, see, it, it, all I know of Ed Sheeran is the movie Yesterday, the Beatles movie. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> which. It, I, personally, I enjoyed. I thought he did a fine job. Uh, yeah, it was fine, yeah. It was but, nice. <laughs> but he's not like, uh, I he's not in the in the U.S. style rock arenas atmosphere. I'd say. Uh, he, I mean, it, I know he's huge in England. Yeah. Oh, he he he, 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 he easy. Place eighty thousand to eighty thousand people five nights in a really? row here at Wembley easily. Really? Yeah, it does. He said the the last one was a big European stadium tour, 
And I think he had four nights at Wembley, which holds about 90,000 people. And he had to add another night, maybe another two nights, because it was sold out that quick. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ed, Ed Sheeran has definitely diversified his sound since he first came out. So I think, yeah, uh, I think that's it'll, if, if anything, what would help him in that arena is the fact that he has a lot of he's got a lot of music with like some Afrobeat uh, artists, um, some R&B artists and things of that nature, like collaborator products or products, projects in, in that arena as well. So it's in line between the two products and projects. True. Yep. <laughs> True, indeed. So that, here's here's another scenario. So let's say Liam and uh, and Noel. They're going into their 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might see peace in, between Israel and Palestine before we there do you go. <laughs> that. That that tour would sell phenomenally. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, imagine just just imagine the ticket sales from that side. Maybe, maybe yeah, that's what their, their whole plan was. Maybe they're they're still getting together every Sunday for for roast. You know, and, and they, they've they've thought this out. They're like, all right, let let's give it 10, 15 years, and then then we'll do a reunion and uh, just and we get Julius to open it. for him. And we're there you good. go. Yes, <laughs> yes. I'd, I'd love to. Yeah, I wouldn't say no to that. No, <laughs> I pay I pay for it to do it anyway. <laughs> there you go. So, Julius, uh, I don't know if you pay attention to your. Uh, to your views on your website, but uh, within the last couple of weeks, I've been checking out your stuff, and uh, I must say that that I dig your style. You're, you're... So stylish. Black. Thank you very much. Yes, you are, you're you're doing uh, you're doing some good work. So keep it up. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm working on a new uh, a new singles coming out pretty soon, which yep. is actually a cover of a Rory Gallagher song. Oh, but uh, mm-hmm. hopefully that should be coming out in a, in a few weeks. So working on it i've got loads of material i'm working on at the moment so it's it's definitely coming again <laughs> and and i just i just found within the last day or two that you're on band camp so i i'll definitely uh, okay good yeah thank, thank you very much <laughs> that goes into a uh, a category that we kind of uh, uh had on the side here as far as you know possible topics for tonight which is great covers what are uh, what are some of the great covers that you guys have enjoyed throughout the years? Timeline doesn't matter, but just songs that you know are covers that you enjoy. Uh, Jamal, you want to lead a? Mm. You got anything that comes to mind? Yeah, uh, Michael Jackson's cover of uh, "Come Together." He d- the Beatles. Yeah, he does a cover of that. Yeah, I have not heard that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, that that. That to me, that shit is phenomenal. I, I am yeah. writing that shit down. And then there's another one that uh, Luther Vandross did. I was actually looking it up when you called on me, and uh, I I had found out on he had did uh, uh, if only for one night, which was cover was oh, I'm sorry, no no no, if the world were mine, which was Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell, and uh, Luther Vandross did a hell of a cover on that record right there. And uh, those are just a couple at the top of my head. So, like, when I heard the original, I was like, damn, they they took that from Luther? And my mom was like, no, 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 no. So then, uh, yeah, she put, heard the original. So, yeah, those are those are two of them that come off the top of my head. Nice. Uh, I'll, throw, I'll throw these two out there. 
I'll probably get shit for this one, but Whiskey in a Jar by Metallica, I think, is... Uh, That's a wonderful. <laughs> it's a great cover. I mean, I love the Thin Lizzy tune, but they just nail it. And I think... Garage Inc., that was an excellent album altogether. Um, it was mostly covers. The, uh, well, Garage Inc. has Die, Die, My Darling, which is... And Stone Cold Crazy, which is are both great covers. And then... Um, um, you really got me by the uh, Van Halen. Yes. Off the first Van Halen record. When I heard the Kinks version, I was like, "Who the fuck is this? Why are they ripping off Van Halen?" My brother. Like, I never <laughs> <laughs> but I thought that just killed it. Yeah, those are two. Nice. Uh, Luke, what do you got? I'm, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. So uh, hard to handle yeah. Black Crows. Yeah, uh, yeah. I believe that was Otis Redding. Was, I think you yeah. stole Al's. Did I? Was that you, Al? That, that's, uh, I mean. No. No, I'm still ask, trying to think. Ask anyone off the street who sings hard to handle. It's it's Black Crows for sure. So, um, but yep, Otis Redding was, was the originator. But yeah, they, they covered it so well that most people probably don't know the original. Um, I, there are so many though. I, I, I probably had a little too many of these, uh, white claws from drizzly.com. <laughs> you like the white claws? White claw. I've had too many of these. Yep. <laughs> Drizzly.com. <laughs> Do it. Get it in. Yeah. What about the, um, oh, the man. Staples singer's version of the weight? Hmm. <laughs> Is that a cover? Because they because the band sings with them. Yeah, is it on the last waltz? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is sort of a that's a collaboration. That's more of a collaboration. Oh, yeah. um, well, um, there, I think I think I saw this happen. It was kind of blurry that night, but um, I saw the screaming cheetah wheelies. Uh, at this tiny little outdoor venue in Chillicothe, Illinois. And um, they came out, their very first song they did, How Many More Times, the Zeppelin song. Oh. And they nailed it. It was great. I've never found it on MP3 or re-recorded or anywhere. But it was really cool. Like the first song, um, they were an opening band. It was one of like, a, it was like a, a three band concert for a, a radio station's birthday party type thing. And they came out and did how many more times? I was like, damn, that is awesome. Pretty ballsy to cover that very first song of the night, very first song in your set. So they impressed me. And speaking of Led Zeppelin, pretty much all of their songs were fantastic covers. Right. Ripping off the blues. Uh, it took a second for that one to land, but yeah. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all night. Tip your waitress. Uh, white claws on tap. Yeah. Re replace Led Zeppelin with Vanilla Ice. You have the same joke. There you go. <laughs> so I absolutely love uh, "Smooth Criminal" by Alien and Fam. Oh yeah, yes, I love that, was, that, one. that was beautiful. Yes. Excellent. Cover. That is a good one. That is a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, The Man Who Sold the World. Uh, Nirvana. 
is always a great tune. But also, uh, if you look up anything by the Main Squeeze, uh, they're a great uh, funk jam band, and they do some great covers of Have a Cigar, Man in the Mirror, Papa Was a Rolling Stone. They turn those classic songs into 10-minute jam sessions, and they're phenomenal. So I, I highly recommend listening to those. They are in my playlist daily. Uh, the main squeeze. Please, everybody, about, check um, them out. Semisonic's version of Smooth Criminal. They do a version of Smooth Criminal. Semi that was Alien Ant Farm. Semisonic did the, clo the closing time, people. <laughs> Smooth Criminal <laughs> did. Is that Semisonic? Or no, Alien Ant. It is. Yeah, it's just a farm. Good way to refer to them. The closing time people. <laughs> that, that's all. I, that's all I know them as is the closing time people. Yeah. Rick, Rick Beato had a, had a video about the 20 greatest uh, one-hit wonders of the 90s, and Closing Time was one of them. <laughs> they had another song called Secret Smile. Yeah. It, it, that was another one of their hits off of that album, which is, is a great song, too. But, I had um, their album, but it was relatively forgetful. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, it was 90s, you know, just... Yeah, I mean, blah. I bought it because of Closing Time, and sure, that, that, that was it. I mean, it was that was the only song I could talk to you about so you know they they play closing time at the end of uh, georgia state football games <laughs> and and we play it at my job too to get the hell out <laughs> there you go uh, five five p.m jamal we need to is. we need to resync on our sitcom ideas <laughs> I know too. you know we really do yes <laughs> yep have you guys ever heard the the george michael cover of seals Killer going into Papa was a Rolling Stone. No. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh no! It kills. That's, a, that's yeah. another one to write down. Yeah, George Michael. George Michael did a, a cover of covers. It's and speaking of George, speaking of George Michael, how about Lit Biscuit Faith? <laughs> yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Anyone? You know, <laughs> I am gonna <laughs> sick Luke and Mike after you on that one. Uh, wow. You, you guys know Faith by Limp Bizkit, right? Yeah, we know it. All right. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was huge. It was huge. Come on. I'm not saying it, I'm a fan. I will, Luke, I will give you this. It was a song. It, it was. <laughs> <laughs> it exists. Yeah, it exists. Yeah. No more, no more white, no more white claws, Luke. You're not the light up. <laughs> Speaking of white claws, you can get them at drizzly.com. <laughs> uh, like I said, though, there there are so many, and I my mind's just drawn a blank currently, and, and I know the rest of you are too. But wow, wow that that even booted off Alan. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. Yep. No. Uh, I'll, I'll, I will reiterate though the uh, the George to the George Michael thing. I love the version of "Don't Let the Sun oh. uh, Come Down on Me" from George Michael and Elton John together. Fantastic. See, would you like me to ruin that song for you? Maybe. Every time <laughs> you hear "Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me," substitute the line "Don't Let Your Sun Go Down on Me." Wow. Why would you do that? Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. No, never, never would have. Yeah, well, don't. I don't, don't think Bernie you. Bernie Toppin didn't have that in mind. I'm gonna. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think he did. No, 
But that is a great, that's a great conversation. George Michael is amazing. I was amazing. George Michael, I don't think it's enough credit for the, uh, uh, his voice and his because uh, 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 if you remember back to the uh, the Freddie Mercury tribute concert 1991 or 1992 that was a great concert and I had it on VHS you had um, you had George Michael singing 39 which was really good from uh, uh, Night at the Opera uh, we had Robert Plant singing Crazy Little Thing Called Love James Hatfield singing Stone Cold Crazy um uh, yeah, yeah, a whole plethora of, of 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 artists singing Queen tunes, and it was really, really good. Extreme did a a, a medley of of several different songs rather than just one, uh, and they did really good. And that, that showed uh, Gary Sharon's vocals, and um, can't remember the guy's name right now because it's you know almost midnight, and I can't think of his name. But his uh, his guitar. That's uh, a good one. Nuno 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 yeah. Betancourt, that's it. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if you ever get a chance to watch the the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, that is well time spent. Really, really a good concert. I love the version of uh, knocking on Evan's door on there as well by Guns N' Roses. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That's huge. See, those are the ones I, that we're missing right now. I, I don't think there are a lot of those. I remember when I watched that uh, in the barracks with my buddy Clint at the time. Uh, the joke was made that this was probably the last time that Metallica and Guns N' Roses played in the daylight ever. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> how about uh, how about Johnny Cash hurt? Yeah, that's oh, yeah. a good one. Oh, there you that's, go. That's a good one. Absolutely. That's, that's a great one. And that's one that Trent Reznor's got on record saying, you know, that's his song now. Exactly. What about um, Whitney's? I'll always love you. Oh, yeah, Dolly Parton. Yeah, Dolly no, one, no one really took to that version. You know, no one really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again, Why Steve. <laughs> Say it again, Steve. Uh, I had it as part of my intro for the 90s roundtable. Come on, it was, it was there. I gave it credit. What? No, that, that was beautiful. But and I didn't know it was a cover. That was another one Me that neither. I didn't know was a cover. Bodyguard soundtrack is top ten selling albums of all time, right? Oh yeah, the Bodyguard. I, I that's I, I that was the album it was off of, but I, I believe that's one of the top ten selling albums of of all time. The Bodyguard uh, album. Yeah. The Bodyguard oh, yeah. soundtrack because, because of that song. Because of you that have, song. Oh well. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah the Bodyguard, Sound of Music, and the Greatest Showman are like the top three, and then like number four is Oh Brother Where Art Thou. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Dolly, Dolly built a whole city Anti off of that. <laughs> Anti-Titanic, right? My heart will go on, Celine. Yeah. Nobody bought Titanic. It's just kind of. I think, of, yeah, I no, think it's no. up there, man. I think no. that soundtrack. No. no, I'm kind of ignoring that one because I forgot to mention it. <laughs> yeah, Oktoberfest is great. It's a great beer. Just want to throw that there out. Stop eating raw Where did you get that Oktoberfest, Steve? Kroger. No, no, Drizzly.com. Right. Get your October. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. I got it at Drizzly. You're right. I got it at Drizzly. No, 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 no. <laughs> Damn, I can't edit this, can I? No, not this lot. That's all right. That's all right. 
Uh, all right. So let's see. Next topic. Where are we at here? Overrated bands. I disagree. I disagree with that statement wholeheartedly. So their first four or five albums, uh, they're phenomenal. So, so good. But hotel or uh, tranquility based hotel and casino they're they're well i shouldn't say they're most recent then they just released one last week yeah um both of those albums are uh, an absolute bore i i i can't i cannot i can't do it so yes i i will agree with that but whatever people say i am that's what i'm not their first album i'm gonna say top 10 for me wow really yep if you guys don't if you guys don't know it Oh, it's not that oh. I don't know it. I just just don't agree. If we don't know it. Either, <laughs> either. <laughs> I don't want to hear. It. We don't know it. Uh, overrated. Oh, band. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, get it. This album right here. This album is phenomenal. Seriously. This, this is Arctic. This is Arctic Monkeys. We're talking Arctic, about Arctic Monkeys. Whatever people say, I'm. That's what I'm not. It will rock your socks off. Right. My opinion. Julius, Julius, okay. I, I will admit I have not given them full attention. It's more been in passing, and my first thought was that's boring. Okay, so maybe I need to give them full attention. This one is not anything. This is this one is anything but boring. This one is is in what, what album is that? Uh, their first album. Whatever people say, I am that's what I'm not. Now, okay. um, the, the their breakthrough was AM. Um, I shouldn't say their breakthrough. This album, this album really put them on the charts. But AM was their mainstream, um, kind of, you know, uh, introduction to the to the public as a whole. And then after that, they they said, okay, let's completely switch this up and let's do uh, jazzy, um, bar room in the forties, smoking our cigarettes, sipping our martinis type music. Uh, maybe I need to give them a second shot because that's right up my alley. Uh, well, then you might like their, their two most yeah. recent albums. Yeah, maybe I will. Um, See, my, my overrated band is U2 and always will be. Okay. I gotta I, go I, Wilco. I'm throwing Wilco in. Oh. I don't get Wilco. I don't get it. And, and you don't have uh, Danny and Mike here to, to... To defend? To defend Wilco. Somebody uh, somebody blows smoke up my ass about Yankee Foxtrot Hotel one more time. I'm going to fucking punch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shit album. But should I, 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 I should have Ryan on here from, uh, <laughs> from his episode. Uh, he, he's a big fan of that album. Ryan from the soundtrack, Your Cast Life. And uh, the uh, it's a good album. It's not my favorite. I, I I actually prefer songs from their previous album uh, over that one, but it was a good album as I listened to it repeatedly. I I, I gained an appreciation for it. I don't um, want to have to listen to, listen to something <laughs> two dozen times to appreciate it. If you can't get me after three or four times, fuck off. I don't have time for you. They, that's respectable. They, they, everyone's got their taste, but I can't, reason, I can't argue that at all. <laughs> for some reason, Yankee Hotel Fox Trot. I will. If you put on your headphones, there is so much going on. If you just kind of just lay back in the dark, you know, sit in a dark living room, just put your headphones on. There's so orally, it is is a, is amazing. It's it's a it's a trip. See, I'm a lyric guy. 
and his lyrics just don't make sense to me. Sure. Yep. No, no, no. But, I, I, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm both. And so I previously would have said Radiohead. Mm. I would have. Mm. But no. this, this particular show has changed my mind on that, particularly uh, Luke with uh, uh, In Rainbows. And I have revisited OK Computer. I have listened to Kid A. I appreciate those albums much better now than I did 10 years ago, 25 years ago. And uh, I would have said overrated, but I do have a better appreciate for Radiohead today. So I am still staking my claim on U2 as overrated as fuck. And I have no desire to listen to them. <laughs> I'm sorry, back. Michelle, my wife, if you're listening, she loves, uh, she loves you too, but I, I just, I don't know. Pretentious. The songs are average. I'm sorry. I just I can't do it. And and let's let's keep in mind this is personal opinion. Personal right? opinion. And, yes. Oh, we're, we're not we're not trying to offend anyone. They, they put a damn song yeah. on my iPhone that I didn't even want. No, they put a whole album on. Your yes, iPhone. they did. They're shoving that down your throat. Yeah. You but they did not make this. it easy to get off of either. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. I don't know. I like you two a lot. They made some missteps. They've got a pretty good career. I don't know. I think they're. I'm with Kate. The interesting thing about you two is how half of Octune Baby I can handle, but then after that is just garbage. What was that piece of shit they released after that? That, that Oh, Danceteria or whatever the fuck that was. Discotech. Yeah, pop. That's the name of the record, right? (laughs) Lemonade or whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, that was a weird one. Although it doesn't stay on that, which is a great song. <laughs> okay. But I think what makes I, it interesting is like they went from the Joshua Tree to Octung Baby, right? That that breaking point was such a radical departure because he couldn't you're right. sing that way anymore. Not as a 33, 34-year-old guy. He can't sing the way he was when he was 26, 27. And that artistic departure, I think, is so noteworthy. And then they, they took it a little too far. And then they came back. <laughs> They came back to it all. They came back to us in the in the late nineties, early aughts with the rock and roll. But I get, I, I see where you're coming from. I think I, think, I really liked the uh, was it Rattle and Hum? Yeah. The uh, that 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 documentary where mm-hmm. they're like playing in a subway and it's just them as a band jamming. That's awesome. That was really good. But when you get their pretentious shit, I don't know. I don't know. It, it's just it it turns me off and it doesn't sound good. It doesn't sound as good as those early albums did. But I think they're also, I think they have a good sense of who they are and a good sense of self, at least. Did you want to do, uh, it might get loud. Did we talk about that? It might get loud with Jimmy Page, Jack White, and The Edge. I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen scenes. It's a I've great movie to watch. Yes. Yeah. Like I've, I've seen scenes with Jimmy Page starting to shred yeah. and Jack White staring at him in awe. Yeah. Of just what's do. happening like right in front of him. It's pretty cool. But the edge is yeah. pretty—he's he, pretty self-aware of who he is as a guitar player. Absolutely, and in the movie, he—he's he, completely upfront about it. He I play like, chords. I play chords. Through all the distort and echoes onto yep. it, now it sounds great. You know, so yep. much respect for at least knowing who they are. But they have a sound, you know, and that—that—that's why he earned a spot in that movie with with. Yep two other greats so i i mean yeah i have got respect for them for sure but um are so, they one of my cool. go-tos no absolutely has not. anyone here seen sing two no 
All right. Was, was there so, a single there was a thing one. It's 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 an animated movie with with cartoon characters. It's a jukebox movie where they take modern modern music and the, the characters sing it. Uh, but in the in Sing Two, there's this mythical character off in the wild that they can't get to, who wrote a bunch of great songs that changed the world. And I'm sure you can guess who this character was voiced by by now. And it's fucking Bono, all right? Yeah, that's where it was. That's where I'm going with this. But throughout the whole movie, they're like, "Well, we can't, we can't get him. We can't get him." And then you'll have other characters start to play chords of U2 songs. And when I'm in the theater with my kids, and my kids are loving it because it's good, it's a you know cartoon. But as soon as they play like three chords, my wife looks at me. She's like, <laughs> "She loves U2. She loves them." Uh, so I just have to sit. I just put my head down, like I know where this is going, know it's going. And then, like the finale of the the whole movie is, um, uh, 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 no man, I, I can't think of the song. Uh, uh, I haven't found what I'm looking for, and it's like the the beginning chords of that are never ending until until Bono comes out on stage and the crowd goes wild. Yay! Anyway, I hit you too. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Al, now, overrated <laughs> band. No, no, let's get away from you two. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna say uh, jam, I, but um, Al, you jam. go because I'm gonna piss some people off if I say what I what I'm thinking. By all means. No, Al, you're up. If you say Pearl Jam, then let's hear hear why. Yeah, I, I, I just felt like like. Uh, like after Vitalogy, it was just the same old over and over again with maybe one or maybe one, maybe two good songs on one album, and that was it. So they lost me after Vitalogy. I was a little jam fan, and then I was. I think that they've, and I'm not trying to defend them or or go against them. It's just I think they've evolved in their career to be literally the newer Grateful Dead, and that's just and that's newer knowledge to me, based on what I've learned of this through this podcast and also just in my you know personal listening to more since Mike Broski's episode last season or season one, where. I didn't realize they were still freaking touring and that you know, you had people that were going to 30 shows, 40 shows. So you had so many people going to these shows over 30 years. That's amazing. They are literally the new Grateful Dead. I mean, they've I, kind I, of reinvented themselves in that way. Yep. They, they have a following and, and there are, are some people that are going to every single show on the tour. They're, they're taking months off of work to 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 follow them so when you've got diehards like that deadheads basically um it's insane how many people would do that and there are the people that will pay the 1500 like at the beginning of the podcast we were talking about ticket prices there are people who will pay that every single time and they are again setting the new standard for ticket prices those are the those are the people that are are setting that standard so um yeah and al you you know I, i will defend 
Pearl Jam till the end. So even though I, even though they're the ones that actually had a lawsuit against it or something. Exactly. Ago. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it is Catch Twenty Two for sure. To be honest, with you, they, did, they did play like three and a half hour shows. If you look at set lists, they're always a different set list. They always play fifty songs on a night. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Yep. Every every night is a different show. So so that's when you have that many going. albums and you have that that deep of a catalog to go into. Yeah. Rock yep. on. Play a lot of covers as well because they don't want to do a Bob O'Reilly, but a Who is one of them. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. And and your 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 buddy Neil Young, they they do Rockin' in the Free World. Oh yeah, every, yeah. Every night. So. <laughs> yep. I I'm I'm a Pearl Jam diehard. I I will follow them until the end. And and I will say that their last two albums, um, in my personal opinion, um, they shit the bed. I I, I do not like. And when I say last two albums, I mean last three albums. <laughs> I will say there's a great two hour or not two hour uh, a great twenty minute version of Down by the River, uh, Pearl Jam and uh, Neil Young on YouTube. Well, well uh, they, they they recorded with Neil Young, uh, Mirrorball. If you guys aren't familiar familiar with it, uh, Pearl Jam sans Eddie Vedder recorded an album with Neil Young. Neil Young was the Eddie Vedder of of that album, and then they, they had also, it on vinyl. Yep. Hey, if you still have it, that's a pretty good I don't. Man. I know I don't. I wish I still did, but I nope. So uh Eddie was being stalked by a fan at the time, so he wasn't able to make it to the recording. Um so anyway, he, he made it later on, and here's what happened. Pearl Jam left and Eddie Vedder came in. So Eddie recorded two songs with Neil Young and who was ever available. So their producer, uh Brendan O'Brien played bass. Um, and uh, Jack Irons from Red Hot Chili Peppers was the drummer, and he actually drummed on Yield and No Code, which are both Pearl Jam albums. So anyway, um, they, they recorded two songs, um, and they wouldn't allow them to put it on Mirrorball, so they made an EP that was a companion piece to Mirrorball called Merkin Ball. So... <laughs> Yep. <laughs> so, uh, long, long roads. One of the songs, and uh, I got id, which is like ego and id. Um, so check it out. Those two songs uh, feature Eddie Vedder with, again, Pearl, the the band had already left because they had already recorded their parts. So Eddie came in and sang with with Neil, and it's they're both beautiful songs. I I, I got id or I got shit is is what most people call it. Um, that's one of their greatest Pearl Jam's greatest songs. Put it on your list, Steve. I know I, I send you a lot of uh, recommendations. Uh oh, we, we've got a hey, we've got a guest here, Chicago Hi, Mike. Mike. I heard, heard there's some uh, shit talking about some Pearl Jam, so I had to get in. <laughs> I got I got a text, so I was like, "Oh shit, I gotta come in now." I'm all I'm all jazzed up for it. So. <laughs> Unfortunately, the guy's going, guys. Unfortunately, the guy you want to want to go at is uh, he's fallen off. Where, where'd Al go? So, but spe speak your mind. Pearl Jam has been labeled as overrated. What is your retort, Mike? Well, here's the thing. Like, I guess if you don't like have not been with them for years. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they're not. He said, I believe like, he said he dropped, they dropped off quality after Vitology. And that's fine. I mean, I get it. Like, I know a lot of my friends and stuff that I used to go to shows with were like, ah, after that, it's, 
you know, it was, it was that it was a uh, vitality. They don't make the hits anymore, but I don't know. I mean, honestly, once you see them live, like it honestly doesn't matter. Uh, like I will say this and as somebody who's seen them as much as I've seen them, uh, I, do I need to hear even flow or like alive or Jeremy or any of that shit? But to see him live, it's like I, I'm sounding like a deadhead, but I will. I, I'm fine with it, you know. I'm fine with being a deadhead about this. Um, it once you see them, like, and I know Luke feels the same way because Luke was like, "I don't like this new record," and then I was like, "Dude, you got to see the songs live." And then in St. Louis, he was like, "Yeah, you're right. This live, they are. It's it's so different." And I sound like a weird hippie that's been like, you know, like smoked out of his gourd for, you know, 25 years, just listening to the same shit that happened up in Vermont for, you know, back in 72. Like, who the fuck cares? But um, it's, it's, it's tough, you know, but I've gotten to a point in my life where I don't have to defend them anymore. It's like, well, I mean, shit, they sell out every place they go to, uh, every concert they've ever sold out in the last like 20 years. And then if their albums suck, who cares? They're going to play like a lot of the stuff you want to hear anyways, you know, but, um, but anyways, bad, what, what Pearl jam, woo sports. Um, I am, uh, I'm broadcasting live from uh, wonderful spring Valley, Illinois. Um, is that an Italian is flag? Is that an Italian? Flag? Yeah, this oh, is, a, this is a, this Spring Valley, Illinois. Um, it's my dad's uh, 69th birthday party, and uh, came out to uh, defend Pearl Jam, and then apparently some witches. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> I hope. I hope it's going well. <laughs> I told Steve I was just gonna pop in all pissed up. It'll be great. Uh, but here's the great part. You're drinking a beer. Julius just woke up. It's 4 a.m. in in Yeah, England. God bless him. Yep. He's what? he's having his coffee. Or, or tea. What are you drinking, Julius? Oh, I see a Red Bull. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. But, but I'm Dutch, so there you go. Michael, quick question for you, though. Who is your most overrated band? Oh, huh. man, there's like seven, I think. Um, but <laughs> I know we just talked about it earlier this week, Steve. Um, I will say Van Halen is fucking overrated. I'm sorry. Uh, where's he at? Uh, oh, he's not here. He dropped off. <laughs> no, Alan dropped a, off. I was like, Al's a big uh, Van Halen guy. Um, I'm not a huge Van Halen person. I'm not a huge Stones person. Um, but then, I mean, who the fuck am I? Like, I like, you know, the Decemberists are one of my favorite bands, you know, like I'm not music subjective, but I will say, you know, you're wrong. If you think like fuel or like uh puddle of mud is a good band. Like that's when you're wrong. Even if you're in that band, you should be like, I was embarrassed that I played that guitar on that band. <laughs> What about like, that's Creed? how I feel, but... <laughs> oh, hey, where are you going? 
how are you getting to your sisters? Oh, this is my wife. You guys want to see? It's my Hi. wife. Hey. Hey. How's it going? Hey, everybody. I might, I might be dropping off. Welcome to the world, Marissa. <laughs> ask, her, ask her about Korea. I know. What, this what is, is so exciting. I'm so honored to be here. Oh, my God. Ma Michael says you're a big Fred Durst fan. <laughs> oh, my God. She really likes Creed. Hot dog flavored water. Yep. Yes, <laughs> honey. I, we're gonna go. I can go. Yeah, but honey, go, I'm, go, I'm, go I'm good. staying here. Go, go, go All do right, hey, do, Mike. I'll be back on. I'll be back. We'll see you in a bit. We'll see you later, Mike. I I own chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. That it, that that I will I will say that I do own that album. That, that's fair statement, Luke. Did you purchase it? I that's did. Big... Yes. Did. Oh, absolutely. I was a. I, I, was a I have it via. Uh, you know, Kazaa, mm. you know, back in the day, but yeah, oh, absolutely. there wasn't much else to download at the time. So, three, I, I've got three dollar bill, y'all, uh, significant other, and chocolate starfish all on you got one vinyl. No, not vinyl. No, no, no. I bet the album cover of a hot dog flavor wall would look great in that size. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I want to hear, uh, J Jamal, what's your overrated band? I don't know if I have in this in this particular one. I band or artist, either or. Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest is overrated. Yeah, I said it. Oh, really? And I'm ready. Wow. And I and I will I will beef with anybody. I'll take the smoke with anybody on it. <laughs> we, we've got a Tribe Called Quest album coming up this season. I know you do, and I want you to. I want them to hear this. So, so yeah, I think they're completely overrated. You are I think, Steve, you could be a great intro to the to the discussion. Yep, use me. So, well, well, here's the thing. So, so I have not listened to Midnight Marauders yet. Uh, my friend Dom, who who was going to be on tonight but couldn't make it, he did the DMX episode. Uh, he wants to come over. He's my neighbor. He wants to be here when I listen to it for the first time. Midnight Marauders is an amazing album. Other than that. I don't even understand. I, I don't even understand. And I'm in the culture, and I really don't understand what their impact is. <laughs> like I, I, I've listened to these guys for over 20 years, and outside of Midnight Marauders, I'm like this. And and I, a Fife Dog was rest in peace was an amazing artist, but I think but scenarios he, not on Midnight, right? No, 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 no. That's the only um, song I know. Nah, Midnight Marauders as a as a it's a it's a classic. It's a project. There's no standout record. It's just you don't press pause. You can just play it all the way through. But everything else they've that. done, everything else they've done, I I don't understand Q-Tip's appeal. I I, <laughs> I don't. This I fall asleep when I hear him rap, and I'm like, this dude is. There's nothing abstract or genius about his bars. Right. <laughs> Fair That's enough. It. Fair enough. That's all I got. That's all I got. They 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 upset me because we we had we. What what is that, Luke? This is chocolate starfish. Oh Jesus! <laughs> did you get that from Drizzly? I did. Yes, Drizzly.com. <laughs> hey, but look at this. When was the last time you saw one of those? Parental advisory. Who? There you go. There you go. Is this? Yep. Why though? Link. <laughs> <laughs> what what uh, group is that? 
Oh wait, look, look, look! There's a second album. I haven't opened this forever. There, there are two CDs in oh, one. Oh, goody! Yep, <laughs> DVD full of extras. Is it DVD of extras? Two of shit is still shit. <laughs> you have Doesn't twice it... the amount of shit. Does it include Woodstock '99? I mean, it, it's possible. Are there, yes. Are there All any right. hits on uh, that? Okay, wait, wait. The, the... You mentioned Faith earlier. Oh, yes. I mean, that was not on that album. This is the second disc featuring Run DMC. Oh, it's uh, like that, y'all. Air Red Vehicle is on that. <laughs> they so they sampled Run DMC, kept their tracks, and just said featuring. There you go. I'm sure they had to pay for that uh, out, it, the, it, out the nose. <laughs> so I'm sure that's why they still. <laughs> I'm not sure if they made any money off that, but hey, no. So Steve, let me clarify though. Q-Tip, the producer, amazing. Probably East Coast Dr. Dre. Q-Tip, the rapper, trash. Five Dog, amazing. Completely overshadowed by Q-Tip. And I can't even remember the third third guy's name off the top of my head. And So but, is Buster Rhymes in no, Tribe or not? Mm -mm, no, they were all a part of a big collective, leaders of the new school. And that was like, Buster Rhymes was part of a different crew. That was a different rap crew. It, it, but, Buster Rhymes was on uh, Puff Daddy's. Uh, he, he was no. on uh, Victory. Yes, he was on Victory. Yep. Yes, correct. Correct. He was on Victory. So, so yeah, th that was West Coast, right? No. Mm -mm. That was on Puffy's No Way Out. That was yeah, right yeah. after that was right before right after Biggie passed away. Yep. Back to back to Leaders of a New School. Leaders of a New School was was a, a an official collective, not just a, um, a randomness. Leaders, no, Leaders Leaders was a different crew. It was uh Nate, I think oh man, and I want to say Native Tongue, but that's not right. Um so Leaders of the New School was Buster Rhymes, Charlie Brown, and I forgot the other two brothers' names. And then Tribe Called Quest was was uh, Q-Tip, Five Dog, and I forgot the forgot the other gentleman's name. Together, they were like they were a collective. They've been you know known each other for years and years and years. And then they did records that collect like here we go scenario like is a collaborative record which I think is on Leaders of the New School's album, but don't quote me on that. So they're they were a collective. Um, but tribe had always been their own, their own thing. They, they all just came up in, in, at the, at the same time. Where are they so, out of? New York. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. So was Buster Rhymes East coast? Oh yeah. Okay. Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York. And, and, and Puff Daddy and they, they brought him onto the No Way Out album. Uh, yeah. But by that time, Buster had went solo. Okay. So. Gotcha. I, I was gonna say I didn't know if they they would they would mix the two, but that makes yeah. sense. If 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 he went solo, that that would that would make sense. Yeah, they had broken up. I mean, by that time, by the time Busta did did Victory, I think he was like three or four albums into a solo. He might have been two or three albums into a solo career. Gotcha for sure. By the time he did that. Yep. So, but yeah, so it was a uh, that that's that's my overrated crew. Julian's, do you got an overrated album or band? He's at Arctic Monkeys, but <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. More. You let us off with Arctic, Arctic Monkeys. Monkeys. Let's let's hear some more. Let's hear some more. Hmm. So so like, wait, let's go back to Arctic Monkeys. Blur. <laughs> Blur. Uh, I think I think they're rated just about enough. <laughs> <laughs> just enough. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't really know many Blur fans today, you know. There you go. <laughs> really? That's no, I don't, I don't really know any. <laughs> From what I've heard, Blur versus Oasis is a big is a big thing in, in 
Be yeah, okay. Netflix tells me that. Like, in, in the nineties, <laughs> it was. In, okay. in the 90s it was, but now people have come to the census that Oasis is just a million times better band than Blur. <laughs> <laughs> but Netflix says... Oh, no. <laughs> come on, yes. <laughs> Netflix is always right. I, I, think, I even think the Gorillas are better than Blur, even though it's the same guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the Gorillas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can agree with that. The best that. Damon Albarn is though, is it the Gorillas? <laughs> Yeah, I love their stuff. That's a uh, very, uh, I can't think of the word for it, but just imaginative, you know, yeah, really, oh, yeah. really, cre really creative how we put that together. Yeah. That's one, that's one person, is it? Is Grill as, is Grill as a group or is it just one, one person behind it's, the production? No, it, it's, I think it's two of them. I know it's Damon Albarn from Blur, but yeah. I'm not sure what the other one is. It, it's evolved. Uh, the, 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 and the band, uh, animated is four members but i don't know if all four of them translate to to actual humans the, yeah the band itself is, is mainly the one guy but then he has some some guest vocalists now and then right 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 de la soul and others yeah yeah he's had de la on there he's that schoolboy. he's got he's had a bunch uh, a few other people on there but i was i was curious because i knew the production uh, i knew there was i know it wasn't four people but i didn't know if the production was was one person or two i always thought it was was two people but that's curious. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So, last, uh, last personal thing we've got on here as far as list of things is uh, if you had to have a personal sports entry song, you know, wrestling, baseball, walking up to the plate, soccer, football for you, Julian's. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> weirdos across the pond you know how it goes <laughs> yeah uh if you had a personal sports entry song what would it be what's the sport doesn't matter Dots. Rest, <laughs> uh, wrestling baseball you know whatever so, you know something something solo to you like you're walking up to the plate you're you're entering the ring you're you're going out to be the the solo kicker for your your you know el football sort of you know solo kick. I don't know. I don't know soccer at all. Sorry, man. <laughs> How about just walking down the sidewalk? What's your what's your your badass song? Just walk, walking down the street. What do you want to hear? What's your your Saturday Night Live strut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it sounds a lot more lame when I say it that way. You know. <laughs> yeah. Sounds a lot better when I'm thinking like, you know, walking up to the plate. Oh. <laughs> mm. yeah. What you got, Steve? I put a lot of thought in it today, and I'm going to go with Right Now from Van Halen. Mm. The piano at the beginning, and then there's the bass kicks in. Dun. I love that tune, and I think that's a great intro song, regardless of the sport. It's a good intro song. That's mine. Uh, I'm going to go Porch by Pearl Jam. Nice. There you go. That is an excellent, excellent yes. choice. Porch, porch is a, a, a song that many people seek out on their live set list. So I'm, I'm digging it. Jamal? Well, man, I literally have a whole workout playlist dedicated to this. 
but but I'm gonna go with uh, mystical. Speaking of no limit, I'm going with mystical. Here we go. Probably the coldest, the coldest baseline in a, in, a, in a rap record. And just you, you even got to hear them when when the baseline kicks in, and it, you already know who it is, and you know what it's about. And so yeah, here I go. Here I go by mystical. That's what. That's what. Yeah, I'm coming out the tunnel. Yeah, I'm, I'm playing. That's what I, I apologize for dogging no limit earlier. Then. That's, that's, <laughs> oh, I will never let you forget it. There you go. <laughs> we will. We will have our go around when I introduce the MCs versus rappers special oh, episode. Yeah. Well, we'll go yeah. to town on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Julianne, what you got? So it's, this is the scene. It's the Alexandra Palace in London. World Darts Championship Final. <laughs> Sabotaged by the Beastie Boys. Nice. Oh, <laughs> nice. Dude, yes, that, that, the beginning of that song, yes. Beautiful. I considered yeah. that. Any sport. Any sport that would work. Very nice. Perfect. Is that played a lot over there for the, in, the, in the soccer games? No. No. <laughs> How about Arctic Monkeys? Do they do? <laughs> Maybe it's Sheffield Wednesday or United, because <laughs> that's where they're from, but not in Manchester, no. Nice. But our stadium will play away since June. When, when, the, when the NFL visits, that's when the, you get the Beastie Boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always down Luke, south now in London. <laughs> Luke, what about you? I, I thought about this long and hard as well. So, Queens of the Stone Age. Um, Josh Homme's guitar tone is just dirt, and I, I, I try to narrow it down. So, um, give the mule what he wants is a good one. Um, I'm designer from Era Vulgaris, or uh, I sat by the ocean. Um, all, all of them have that 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 dirty, nasty guitar coming. That's what I'd like to think that I am. I'm a 130 pound white dude, so. I, I probably don't have that badass of a an entrance, but that's what I'd like to think that I've I've got. So if I'm if I'm coming to bat, I'm bringing that that guitar tone with me. Excellent, excellent. Uh, I am going to wrap it up here for the night, though. Uh, <clears throat> so uh, let's see. I want to thank everybody for listening. This is only our second live stream, so I'm really bad at this live. So I want everyone to please uh, check out Keith's uh, podcast, Abandoned Albums. Great show. A lot of episodes out there. Please give it a listen. Check out Julian's and his full set of uh, singles and albums out there on Spotify and all the streamers. Excellent music. Please give him a listen. Bandcamp. Throw him some And Bandcamp. Throw yes. him some money on Bandcamp. Absolutely. <laughs> Jamal Millen, check him out on DCB Audio 360 on Instagram for all your audio engineer needs. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm not on social media. Don't. Don't. No. Um, Luke is invisible. Uh, go to. Go to. Except Drizzly. for Drizzly. Except for white, white claws. White claws. Luke is invisible other than his alcoholic purchases known to the interwebs. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 
Uh, say, please help support the show by joining our Patreon if you wish. Uh, we have several levels there, depending on what you want to do. But, you know, up to you. By all means, I don't really care. Go for it. Um, special thanks to Bryce Evans, who gave us our new intro music, Sins a Good Man Brother. Sounds great. Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What's up? Uh-oh. He's cutting off my outro here. never know what Luke's going to come back with. It could be, you know, an Elvis scarf. It could Buy be. my scarf. Wait, what is that? This is what Coffee. he was talking about on our last live stream. Oh, he's got the grindstone mug. Yes. Nice. Help him out. So That, uh, that is the, the, the uh, album artwork from Grindstone, Bryce yes. Evans' most recent single, and uh, an excellent tune. And he's Absolutely. got a... Uh, yeah, the he talked about it at length with the uh, how that artwork came to be in our last live stream. That's pretty cool. Yep, excellent. He, he if you join his mailing list, he will send you a few songs right off the bat. So I I figured since he's sending me some free songs, I might as well throw him a few bucks for the songs. Bought the mug, got a nice patch with it as well. So join his mailing list. It's very cool. Hey, uh, let's see. Uh, just visit all the links in our show notes, musicrewindpodcast.com. Please like, share, and subscribe if you ever want to uh, uh, take in more of the show or be a part of our conversation. We'd love to have you. Awesome. I'd like to thank everyone, Luke, Keith, Julian, Jamal, Alan earlier, Mike briefly. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Steve. All right, now. It's good meeting y'all. Guys. Yep, you too. Have a good one. All right, have a good weekend, guys. Take care, guys. Have a good weekend. Ciao. What, Annie? My dog is a hater. A podcast from the Sidereal Media Group. Back to you, anchors.